This is Bottom of the Bill. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Can't talk today, dude. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Bottom of the Bill. Third time's a charm. I will always say that. Um, Still waiting for that coffee to kick in from a couple hours ago or what? <laughs> Before we get to today's guest, uh, we are going to do a little introduction. Today, we are joined by Alex Hamby for our weekly catch-up. What's up with that uh, microphone there, dude? What's going on? The top. The, 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 you've uh, you ruined the 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 pop you see, filter. You see how the thing comes uh, here and there? Oh, it's broken. Push it back in. All right, we're, and all right, we're, and we're live. Uh, we we're trying to teach him a lot of things, and Alex plays drums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clearly, first first time I've ever seen him on a microphone was this week. Actually, uh, we're playing in this cabaret band uh, called the Velvet Underground. And we, uh, we after our first show, we went out and uh, got Alex on a microphone for karaoke. Wait, what did we sing? What was that song? Highwaymen, uh, just a classic country anthem. Highwaymen. How, how, how did you do? If you had to rate yourself out of ten, what what would you give yourself? You first, buddy. Uh, well, I'll just say this: I prefaced it, but because we all split it up, like the verses. But it was like me, Chris, and Jess. And Jeff. And Jeff. And, and we, we each took Willie, Waylon, Christofferson, and Cash. So I, I had the third verse. And to wrap up how it was, I, basically right before I started singing, I just prefaced, it, prefaced my verse with, I'm a drummer. <laughs> and then went so, into it. And then went into it. Okay, so, so like five out of ten. Five, five out, out of ten, ten with a hand. Okay, well, but with a handicap though. So that's, that's that's not that's not bad. Yeah, we'll give a plus. With the handicap for, being actually alcohol. Je- Jess kind of. <laughs> here's the thing. Jess kind of ruined the uh, the curve because she we showed her that song in the parking lot. We're like, hey, we need a fourth person to be our to be our uh, Waylon Jennings. Do you want to do it? She's like, yeah. What song is it? Highwaymen. Never heard it. Great. Can we listen to it? She listened to it and then crushes it, demolished all of us. Really, like just vibrato, everything. She's very talented, insanely, and yeah. proved that. And so we had a curve going, and she's like the one person that got an A on the on the final and ruined it for the rest of the class. Yeah. Like we were like struggling. Jeff did good too, though. Jeff did really good. Actually, he like had like the impersonation. He was, he was doing Willie. He was doing Willie. He yeah. got the nasally thing going. I of course had Johnny Cash. Okay. Who would have guessed? Yeah, of course. Uh, and I fly a starship across the universe divide. <laughs> Dude, that was so much fun. Constantly. Bro. So yeah, we're teaching Alex many a thing. It's been it's been fun. Hell yeah! How's the cabaret show going? Man, it's been going really well. Um, Good. Dude. So it's funny and like we we started rehearsing for this a little while back and um, we it, we started putting it together earlier this week and just to put it mildly. When we started putting it together in the room, there were problems, mm. and it was a uh, it was a little iffy there for a second. But it's amazing what forty eight hours, you know, a strong mindset and some good quality gear will do for you. Um, in ears, good in ear, good packs. It's amazing what that'll do for a show. In- incredibly, one that's you know, on tracks and guide mics and everything. So in forty eight hours, we really turned that show around, and we just did our third show, and we got another one tonight. And uh, it's getting tight. It's f- I mean, it's a, uh, it's just so different from anything else that we're normally doing yeah. in our in our scene right now, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's a cool challenge just to see if you can do it, you know. Um, the venue's cool too, Glass Factory, yeah. Downtown Jacks. First time I've done a show. I there. still haven't even been there before. It's sick, yeah. dude. Do, are they going to be having regular shows there, or is it just? So they do. Um, they have like, and it's there's not no stage. They bring production in and everything. Oh, okay, but, so it's uh, just an event space. Totally. Mo- yeah. They mainly do weddings. 
a lot of I've weddings seen. and I, like uh, yeah events i've seen like bold city doing like daytime yeah. you know bands in a market kind of thing going on okay but i know they shoot music videos there um i've seen a, a lot of metal videos go go down shooting in there um yeah cool spot i mean we're, we're getting about 300 people a show um it's just a cool it's an it's an it's an experience you show up two, doors open two hours early you get food there's like a vip area bar area mm-hmm. you kind of mingle food trucks everyone's dressing up like they're in the 20s like everyone's coming dressed to the nines it's super cool that's awesome um so it's a it's a vibe you know it's a it's the a only cool complaint that we're getting and it's after every show it's the same complaint is that it's not longer like the show is literally we did it the first night we started at seven and ended at eight on, on the, the dot. dot and people are just like why is it so short it should be longer I mean, tickets you said were like 80 bucks, right? Yeah. 80, 85 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else going on like before or after the show that like... The doors open two hours before the show. So it's like, you know, they got the food trucks and they have two different bars in the venue where you can come and drink. Okay. But in terms of like entertainment... It's us. It's, now, there's a, there's no downtime. It is a scripted, hmm. essentially automated show. I mean, it. I push... I'm, I'm doing the tracks and I, I have a couple manual cues, but it really just flows. It's... It is. You're getting a lot in that hour, you yeah. know? Um and it's you know dancing juggling you know shooting smoke rings at bottles and it's just a whole thing you contortionist know? is a contortionist yeah, that's the cool she's part. she's killing it um yeah it's a, it's a completely different gig very what's up with a fucking guest list spot dude uh alex actually is going to tell us about the guest list guest list yeah they're they're not they're not giving out guest lists but they gave her they gave a they gave us like discount codes Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be on like the down low though. Well, <laughs> <laughs> is this airing after the show? The it's, Velvet it's, show. It's part of it. Yeah. Um, he, he gave out some discount discount codes to some of us. We're in the band. We it's our discretion. You're not getting a discount code if you're watching this. Don't ask. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask. It's our gig. Bite off. So no guest list. Sorry, bud. Okay. Uh, you got forty dollars. Uh, I mean, I do, but I'm not gonna spend it on that but i appreciate the offer <laughs> anytime happy to do it he doesn't need to see the show we just gave him the whole rundown yeah exactly i, I was gonna say he's gonna be too busy learning larry carlton tunes for this cool thing he's got coming up oh yeah dude that fucking uh first off before we move on i do i would love to come and see the show i just don't want to spend money to go and see it it's, <laughs> right, like, it's right. all good it's, it's like, <laughs> it sounds dope though it, um, is, it is dope yes. and if you're if you're listening you should go and support the show <laughs> yeah, well, chris totally. is instagram living it so maybe no one needs to go everybody I, just watch chris's instagram you get to watch the corner of my base you need to go see the show actually friend of the show miles i put miles on the gig oh, and he dude. came and filmed it that was uh, cool man. so he's he filmed the opening night and he's going to film next week as well oh, hell yeah. and then he might come down to orlando and film again um so you're gonna see some clips of the show and if you know anything about miles it's high quality stuff right there yeah um so that boy's out there doing it hell yeah anyway that really lobbed you a nice over the plate pitch for that next setup and you kind of i know swung high at it and really just got an (laughs) unnecessary strike on that setup um well i wanted to express the fact that i that i that i would like to support what you do. I appreciate that. That's, that's <laughs> um, it's all, it's good. Uh, but yeah, I've got this thing on January 8th coming up. We're doing a farewell show for those who don't know. I'm leaving to LA. I guess you're announcing it now. This is, it's out in the open. We can talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this will, uh, this will probably be the last bottom of the bill episode that we air for a, a while. 
as well um and uh you know we'll continue um there's some plans yeah we got we got some stuff in the works uh for next year but um so yeah we're doing the, the a sh- show january 8th we got a bunch of people coming out uh to sit in i'm not gonna mention the names right now is so i have to kind of keep it under wraps uh if you want to see who's going to be, be performing that night you can come to the show and buy tickets they're at uh bluejayjacks.com or dot net is it uh well She's a sponsor the of the show yeah, she well, should, i should know that yeah it's nice uh, <laughs> dot gov <laughs> dot gov yeah <laughs> um blue jay's the spot man that's gonna be fun i love blue jay man it's a it's a i'm happy to be doing it there um you know, I was like playing at Blue Jay early on, and it and it kind of you know when for a while there, uh, it was like a place that I was at like several times a week, you know, and, and then mm-hmm. like I got to do a lot of stuff with Joe Marsnick there, and like just been involved in a lot of stuff that's gone on, and um, then I kind of took a step back because I got busy with stuff and just wasn't a place that I was able to to, to visit very often. But I mean, coming back again. Um, with like the jam nights on Mondays and just like going to support like I was there for Taylor Roberts birthday mm. and uh, I've just been kind of going back and supporting where I can so um, it just felt right to, to do it there and yeah. now, now that, like especially like since 1904 is closed yeah um, you know that was kind of um, like my home base spot but I'm still I'm, st- I'm like stoked to be doing it at Blue Jay it's like yeah, it's Blue a perfect Jay's venue for it honestly yeah it's 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 gonna be heavy yeah in the best kind of way. Yeah, and then I'm learning all these tunes because I I put together a set list of songs that I've always wanted to play. I put we I did a Jack Rabbit show like last month uh, that we played some of these songs, but then I've added new songs, and then uh, Chris is going to be coming to play a little bit. Yeah, too. I'm here. We can. Yeah, yeah. You know. So and he threw a song at me uh, a couple days ago that I've been trying, I've been shedding, not trying, I've been shedding, and man, that song is kicking my ass. It's so. funny too when I showed it to him, he's like, "Oh, it's a blues." Yeah, I sh- it's, yeah. Do I know it, Chris? You don't, but I'll show it to you later. Okay. It's a, it is technically a blues, but it's cooking at like, all right, Alex, give me the tempo. One, two, three, four. One, two. Like one eighty. Yeah, bitch is moving around one eighty. That thing is cooking, and the head is just gnarly. So yeah, some Larry Carlton. Won't tell you oh, what, yeah, but uh, dude. that that Larry Carlton is one of our dudes. So yeah, it it's... felt right to uh, to pick a, that tune and go get hurt by it in public <laughs> yeah dude i don't know how i'm gonna do my best to pull it off it's a tricky it's a very tricky head to play yeah um awesome. yeah so it's cool it's challenging I'm, I'm excited about it i've got like i'm gonna by far be the the worst player in the room <laughs> so it'll be it'll be good it'll be a good good like challenge to step up to i think you know what i, I mean? mean it's a it's a appropriate for what you're walking into you yeah know yeah I mean? exactly it's, a, it's exactly the door you're going to be to be going through yeah you know so uh, it'll be bittersweet uh jacksonville has been an awesome home base for a long time uh you know i i came here trying to find a community and um i found one i mean jacksonville welcomed me with uh, welcomed me with open arms early on and um you know allowed me to come in and do my thing i was able to form bands and do this podcast and do some touring and release albums and you know even did a documentary and like you know more stuff in the works that i've started here that you know i'm gonna be putting out in the next few months so it's uh you know it's just it's been an awesome place um and the decision to move is not 
indicative of negative feelings or energies toward J Jacksonville. It's just them feeling a pull out west, and that's uh, that's where I feel like I need to go right now. So, and that's a good distinction to make too, because like, you know, people like we've had people even on the podcast explain like, yeah, you get developed in a place, and then you leave. You get your personality from a place, but like, industry is industry at the end of the yeah. day. You know what I mean? It's like. You get like steps need to be made if you want to secure the bag, you know what I mean? And that's just it's time to get that bag. It just depends on what you want to do, you know. And there's that's true too. And like, because I don't want to, because like, there's because it, it can be, you know, like, like it can come off a certain kind of way when you're saying shit, like, well, you know, if you want to do X, Y, it's like, you know. It's, there, it's a route to do those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not just, the route. It's yeah, a yeah. route to do those things. So it just depends what you want to do, you know. And for me, I'm at a point now where I don't want to start a new project from scratch. I don't have the energy or the, or the desire to be, like, the sole person leading the ship. So, um, I w but I do want to get back in the road. I do want to be involved in the creative project. I don't know of a bunch of bands here that are, that are doing stuff like that. Um, I know out west there's... You know, I mean, every day there's breakout artists coming out and doing stuff. So it's just seems to be where if you want to be like a side guy for right now, like like I want to be, then that's mm -hmm. you know where and where there's also like real money to be made too, right? Totally. It's like I'm I'm not in like I'm not like in my early twenties anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I I can't like be I can't be like fucking like road dogging this shit for like pennies. You know, it's yeah. just it's not gonna work for me anymore. Yep, so, I, get, I get that. Uh, we got to get you on. Uh, got to get you on some Ableton stuff, and we got to get you. Got to get you nice and sharp on your twenty-year-old uh, tools. <laughs> get you the tools of the twenty-year-olds and get you out there. Yeah, dude. Uh, that's another thing that's like crazy about being out there is like all the musicians are like so multifaceted in everything that they do. It's just like it's it's. Uh, it's crazy so it'll be yeah. a good challenge you know it'll be a good environment to be working in this fucking thing is hitting the yeah, wall dude, i was gonna pissing me off i i was so relieved when you moved to the first time and it has done very little good Anton, what part you know what part of la do you have like a spot picked out um i i'm gonna stay in hollywood for like a month where my sister lives okay and then um i think i want to like move towards like the north hollywood area so Hollywood's got like like several municipalities. There's Hollywood, which is its own municipality. You have West Hollywood, which is its own municipality, and then North Hollywood. Um, I don't know if East Hollywood has its own thing, but either way, so North Hollywood is a specific area, like the, the city that I'd want to live in. It's where like a lot of artists seem to live, musicians, and yeah. you know it's still relatively affordable. And it's I mean comparatively speaking, you know, and then. Um, and uh, it's also like about as centrally located as you can get without being in Hollywood. Sure. Holly Hollywood's a fucking dump, dude. Yeah. Like, I like Hollywood. It's like a cool place to like go and stuff and see, but not live. Nah, yeah, man. Not the, not the vibe. <laughs> unless you're, unless you're, unless you have a lot of money to be in like an area that's. But I don't even know like what part of Hollywood that is. It's not that big of a place, yeah. so it's like. It's just so many homeless people. It's crazy. Yeah, man. Human fucking feces all over the side. I mean, so much of it all over the side. It's Hollywood's a, a rough place. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been out there. You've been going out there for you've been like, like this past year. Couple you've gone times. out there a couple times. Yeah, right? yeah. And you got family out there too. So that's 
That's good, dude. And I'm man, excited for there's you. A lot of ja- there's a lot of Jack's homies out there. Yeah. have gone there over the years and friends from South Florida, you know, like yeah. there's there's a community out there kind of waiting almost more so than when you came here, you know. I definitely knew know more people out there than I did here when I came here. I don't think I knew anybody in the scene when I came yeah, here. Yeah, it was just like break in and get to work. Is it Cat Hall's out there, isn't she? Cat Hall's there. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean we could list them all off. They're yeah. they're, they're out there working, you yeah. know. They're they're crushing. Um yeah, I'm Kat, curious. Is it Cat Dyson also? What? Uh you're uh Di- something dyson you're maybe right i think you're thinking of the guitar player for kamani no uh it's just a jacksonville singer cat hall is that is that her name yeah mm-hmm. okay it's at least reggae our, at least no, our no, artist no. name not 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 reggae it's a different thing different cat yeah cool um so <laughs> anyways well, yeah keep us uh keep us afoot i'm curious you're gonna have to let me know uh and then jake biller's out there yeah um Listin, Jose. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people doing yeah. stuff. So, um, you know, it's it's exciting. It's scary. There's a there's a, there's certainly a barrier to entry at a lot of those places. You know, it's it's hard to like just get up and be able to play. Um, so just like going and talking to people and just keep showing up and then you know, hopefully bring whatever it is that you do to the table and and hopefully it works. You know, I mean, there's just like the talent out there it's not that people are like more talented it's just that like there's so many more people yeah. and everyone's trying to like be like like get these opportunities that are that are high stakes so like everybody is like that good you know yeah. so it's just like it's that's awesome though. i love environments like that just hyper competitive like yeah yeah that's you that'll know, make you good dude it's been making me pr- i've been practicing all the time because it's just like i have to step my game up if I'm, if I'm gonna go there it's just it's got to happen yeah is, is the part of the town of la that you're moving to is there like a specific like music scene like is there a genre you know like if you go to a certain part of jacksonville there's a specific genre scene that we would be associated with it yeah so there's a lot like because la is so big so like there's all these different pockets of where different things work right so hollywood seems to be more of like the pop and kind of uh r&b which leads into like neo soul and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff and and that's a lot of what's like north hollywood also that whole little area has got a lot of that but then if you go to like venice that's like a lot of jam bands and and more of that kind of thing so um you know and then there's different parts where like hip-hop thrives and there's parts where there's more like jazz gigs and so it's just a big melting pot fusion yeah i mean it's and then there's like so many people in each scene and so many places to do all these things that like it's not like here where it's like, okay, well, in the, you know, in the jazz scene, you got like Stefan Klein and you got Stan Piper, right? And then in the jam scene, you have like, you know, Honig or like us and like, and then in, in like the blues scene, you know, like you got, you got Jack and you got Dylan Adams, like everyone knows everybody from the different scenes yep. here, right? But out there, it's like, it's not necessarily like that. Yeah. It's not, cool. it's not that there isn't any crossover. There's just so many people in each scene where you're like, I don't know, dude, I got enough to worry about in my scene right now, you wow. know? Yeah, so. man. That's cool, and it, yeah, it's gonna like it. Just going out there swinging as as hard as humanly possible is is the key, you know. And it's like you've been setting yourself up to do that here, and like finding ways to challenge yourself, and like the resume you've built even here that goes with you is yeah, you know carry that with you is notable. You know, it's like between the road stuff, documentaries, records, tunes. I mean, it's like 
it's it's a force to reckon with. You go out there and with the same mentality, it's just that's how it goes. You know, yeah. you have to have that mentality out there. So it's cool to see. Yeah. So yeah, man, we'll see what happens. I'm I'm excited for sure. We'll see you back next year. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll I'll for sure be visiting. I mean, oh, like, yeah. I mean, Jacksonville became home to you know. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I I love Jacksonville. Like, I love I love my friends here, the musicians, the scene. Like, I think that there's so much talent here and a lot of good people. And like I said, it's been a great scene to me, and I and I will for sure be coming back to to be doing stuff, you know? Yeah, when your artist routes a tour through here. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just book a couple days off when you come through, just because uh, you'll be MDing. You'll be, you know, you'll be running the show. So just be like, all right, I'm going to put in a good word. Let the people see the sights of Jacksonville. You yeah. know, take them to the Matthews Bridge. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Go take them to the West Side. Come on, like an Orange Park. You guys want to dodge bullets? <laughs> <laughs> What's some fun tour activities? Well, we like to go eat at the restaurants. We like to see the beach, and uh, we like to participate in drive-bys. Yeah. <laughs> And if anyone's acting up, drop them off on Moncrief and leave. Yeah, I was about to say, take it to Moncrief, bro. Go to Moncrief. Have a time. What I was, I had a, while we were recording our, our last album, um, the, the the owner of the studio, he like bought, you know, he like buys up properties and then renovates and then, you know, rents them out or whatever. So he lives in South Florida though. So he was looking at some properties in Jacksonville and he said, like, Hey man, I need you to go. Here's a list of properties. I'll give you a discount on studio time. If you can just go and scope them out, wow. take pictures, you know, that kind of stuff. Let me know how they look. I was like, okay. And so he sent me a list and a few of them were, were like in Moncrief. And I was like, Hey man, I'm not going to these places. <laughs> he was like, no, no, it's fine. I go to the hood all the time. Like people, they actually, uh, they actually oh. like it when you let them know that their house is being foreclosed on or something. <laughs> like, <Yo. laughs> because, because that's the thing that you don't, that's that the they most don't, South Florida shit I've ever heard in my life. Because that, that's cause like, that's the thing that they don't tell you that, that he didn't tell me <gasps> was like a lot of these people that are living in those homes are renting them and don't know that the owner is foreclosed has been for foreclosed on. Right. So you have to show up and take pictures and like, Hey, why are you taking pictures of my house? And then you're like, Oh, it's being foreclosed <laughs> on. And then they're like, what? And like, nobody's i think that's a good idea yeah and that you're qualified for <laughs> yeah, that, that. And you're like, i'm qualified you're like, to i play that. guitar dude, <laughs> dude. I, there was one house i went to murray hill the lady chased me off the property she's like why are you taking pictures of my house i was like that's what i was told to do she fucking chased my ass i got in the car and i dipped out dude i was just like <laughs> damn it so anyways i was driving through moncrief one day oh it's gosh. like fucking noon and like it's like all these kids are outside running around i'm like dude i'm not getting out <laughs> this fucking car like you're crazy <laughs> like, I'll, I'll add one to you i was over covid oh. we were all broken no one was gigging and working so we all found a means to an end and one of my means to an end was about two weeks driving doordash and i got an order for some restaurant up on moncrief and i got you know it's just like you get in a headset you put in some music you go you pick it up you go you pick it and you're in a flow so i'm just flowing and i walk into this restaurant not paying attention i just i go to get the order and the cashier goes please be careful <laughs> and i was like 
it's not i was like oh yeah please and, be careful and i walked back outside just kind of like ducking down i like sneaking into the car and i'm like i'm not taking any more of these orders man like <laughs> oh my God. i literally i was warned you know for i was the only white dude in sight for a couple of miles it was just like all right and i'm leaving now yeah, i don't think doordash insurance covers that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just one of those things do delivery you guys are like are targets to like big time yeah i, I had a literal giant red bag <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, in, in south florida i had friends that would do that they would like order food and then like hide and wait for the deliver, delivery guy to come and then they just fucking pop out and like you know guns or like sometimes they would just be like big dudes and just fucking take their shit you know what i mean welcome to america you get their cash and you get the, the food and then like you know that's it's fucking wild shit, dude. Jeez. So delivery people are like hardcore targets. Yeah. And they know that now. So that's why you always see like if you're ordering online, our de- our delivery drivers don't carry any more than $20 in cash. Yeah. That's why uh, you see that because they get jacked all the time. Yeah. I don't so. Those people that are robbing them definitely have internet access. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, all right. Well, um, we should get to today's guest. I suppose so. Um, Babe Honey was on the podcast this week and it was an awesome podcast i've never met her before so it was uh, super cool to get to pick her brain on some stuff i love the music that she's putting out it's fucking dope it's so well produced and really well written songs i think she's super talented so um i'm stoked uh that we're able to get her on and close out the show with with her um so keep a look out she's got a bunch of new music coming out new singles i think a new album coming out next year she was saying yeah um so yeah keep a look out for all that stuff uh like share subscribe all that good stuff uh you know help us get the word out i guess at this point doesn't really you know not <laughs> you are such a interesting little chipmunk aren't you um <laughs> keep an eye out keep an eye you, out yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so we I got mean? more stuff in the works we're not done you know <laughs> You never know. Um, Your page might have a new name. It might not have a new name. Just keep an eye out is all we're saying. We're not done, but enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think, guys. There we go. Peace out. This is good. <laughs> Hold on. One more. <laughs> Perfect. Desi, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks. We've been talking now for like 20 minutes, so it always feels weird like like doing these intros after we've already established a conversation yeah. and a bit of a rapport. So anyways, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. We've been trying to make it happen for a little while now. But now you got stuff to promote, so let's talk about it. That's why I'm here. (laughs) For all for all of our viewers and fans to uh to listen to your new music. So what you've been working on? I've been working on songs that have been written for a little while, but the latest song, Thank You Dean, that was just released, I actually wrote this year. Um I wrote it in the springtime and it's already released, and the next song that's coming out I wrote last year, and yeah, I'm really excited to finally be getting these songs out. I've been, t- I've been like holding them just all to myself and wanting them to be perfect, you know, and, but alleviating some of that pressure gets them out, and I found a really cool team to work with and a really great studio to work with as well, and that's Ben McLeod. I started a studio, it's a BRM Studios in St. Augustine. Okay. And he actually took hold of the old Slugs Pub and turned it into a really cool space to work from. Awesome. Yeah. So the new single sounds great, by the way. Um, I'm also a big fan of Pool Party. I really like that song a lot. 
Um, but uh, thank you, Dean. I like as well because there's um, who who you mentioned earlier who played uh, lap steel on that. That's Jeremy Blanton. Jeremy Blanton from yeah. Dean Winter. Mm -hmm. uh, really well done. And then the acoustic guitar work is really great too. There's like just little like kind of melody lines that he's playing that are like really, really well done. So I'm a big fan of the song. Cool. Yeah. So what else, uh, like how many songs do you currently have? Uh, the, are you planning on releasing like a full album or an EP or just singles? I plan on releasing a couple more singles and then I'd love to release an EP next summer. Um, but we've got another one coming out in January and then early spring, probably like a third, or I guess that would be the fourth single. Um, and then in the works uh, for an EP, I'm actually going to do something different where I'm going to record it on a reel-to-reel. -reel. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm really obsessed with the reel-to-reel -reel right now. What's the obsession? Um, the process in general. Um, there's something a little bit more sterile about recording your songs in a studio versus just like a beautiful film tape, like reel-to-reel. Uh, from the 70s and the sound of it and then we're doing like a room mic so it just captures like every breath every noise um you know that ear trumpet i think it's ear yeah. the other ear trumpet ear mics trumpet. okay um they're a beautiful mic but they just it captures everything and then you know the tape that a lot of people nowadays i feel like in the indie scene try to pull off you know artificially yeah there's like plugins and stuff that people yeah buy, like uh, cool effects um but the reel to reel kind of already provides that which is pretty cool it's a lot more expensive though yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just it's it's more of an art to me for for a way to there's certain songs that i want to do on the reel to reel they're a little bit softer they're more acoustic um and those aren't even songs that i've performed live before um but but yeah there's about three to four songs I'd like to produce on a reel-to-reel -reel, and I would like to release like a little, little EP of songs recorded on a reel-to-reel -reel live. So just you want to do like a whole separate EP just for the that batch of tunes. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I was curious if you were because if you're going to do them together about like the difference in sound and just production value yeah. I guess but that's pretty dope to be able to do it. How many songs are you going to do that way? Probably like three to four. Okay. Yeah. And who are you working with? Are the same people that you've been working with? No, uh, Corey Kilgannon. He has acquired a really cool reel-to-reel. Um, and when I saw it and then heard, wait, I hit, I got to hit record one day for him. And, and he was uh, playing one of his originals on it. And just the sound when we hit the playback, I was like, oh, I, I got to... I got to get in on this. So I ordered a tape and then just that whole process too. I love all the details, like ordering the tape and it being on a physical tape. Uh, it just seems really cool. Just outside of the digital world. Yeah. You know, a little bit, just reeling it back, rewinding the time a little bit. Yeah. And doing it on tape, just like a physical format seems neat. Yeah. It's like the same, like, like a similar analogy to like, you know, listening to vinyls and records. Yeah. Like there's a, we were just talking about it on the last podcast where it's like um, just simply it being available on vinyl and like it makes the listener more invested mm -hmm. because you have to go and buy it. And then you have to open it up. You look at the yeah. credits, you put it on 
and then like you have to be actively listening because when it's, when it's over you have to go and turn it over mm-hmm. so it, just the whole thing is so much more of an of an uh, an investment yeah so i would imagine it's a similar feeling when you're doing like uh, tape recording yeah and that and the active listening i agree with that that's a very special thing too and i think that's hard with tension spans today so to really slow it down and and do a process that's just more old school and really hands-on versus just like click of a button erase delete like yeah <laughs> re-record you can record a million times where if you keep recording on the tape it'll get thin right you know but i mean the beach boys they would just rip through tapes i mean they would layer 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 and the tape would get thin and but but yeah i think it's a fun way to record live too and that's i always prefer to record live yeah i have to record live with the band even for in the studio so what uh what about recording live do you like versus doing like uh you know track by track yeah i just feel like it maintains the magic a little bit more and like the cohesiveness of like the band playing together um i think there's like an overall feeling when you're playing live versus like track by track that's the part that feels a little sterile to me yeah you know do you guys play to a click when you're doing live recordings Mm -hmm. okay yeah 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 i've I've met people that don't do that with live recordings and it's like i can't i have a hard time with it really the band will um and then well it's usually i don't record final vocals until after okay so i'll be singing and playing live with them when they're all recording and then i'll record a final vocal as well cool um but even in rehearsals we my drummer he he plays to a click so we're always kind of playing to a click. Yeah. Even if we don't know it, he's got it in his ear. That's good. And that's yeah. awesome. So it's just like consistent muscle memory. Yeah. Every time. For sure. Yeah. So who um, is playing in your band right now? Right now I have uh, Mike Monahan on drums. And I have Stephen Rose on bass. And uh, for this next show, I have Kevin Pekin on lead guitar. Okay, cool. Yeah bunch of rock stars yeah (laughs) (laughs) steve is so funny man i saw him last time he's like i just want to be a guitar player dude he just can't stop getting bass gigs i know (laughs) he's so foolish he's (laughs) that's so funny he loves playing bass yeah of course he's he's, i think he loves playing music in general but Mm -hmm. it's just it's funny like when you just it's just funny he just i i get that feel like i know what he's that like that feeling not i don't play bass i'm terrible at it but like yeah. i know what it's like to be doing like you want to be doing one thing and but like people know you as this other thing so you keep right. getting called for that thing you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but he's yeah. a great bass player oh yeah he's incredible and he's an incredible guitarist as yeah, well definitely but, but man i love him on bass um he kind of plays bass like he plays guitar yeah which is wicked it's pretty cool yeah <laughs> um there's one of the songs that we perform it's called Golden Her, and that's the next song that I'll be releasing in January. And when we play it live, he actually does a bass solo. Nice. Um, it's beautiful. Really cool. So how involved in the writing process is the band, or do you just kind of bring tunes to them? I have to bring tunes to them. Um, a lot of these songs that we play live, a few of them are songs that I wrote while I was living in my van. So a lot of them are kind of inspired by those travels and those emotions. Um, so they've already, you know, existed long before the band that I formed here in Jacksonville. Um, but as arranging goes, we usually do arrangements together. Okay. Um, so 
any extra arranging outside of the lyrics and the melody. That's with the band. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so you say you lived in a van? Yeah, I lived in a van in 2020. Just kind of like traveling around? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I traveled across the country in the van. I was in Colorado for a little while. I uh, wrote a few songs there. Also wrote a song in Kansas in a Walmart parking lot. Nice. It's called Chocolate Chip Pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I wrote a lot of songs while I was out in California. Pool Party being one of them. Okay. Uh, I wrote great. that song at my favorite surf break in Encinitas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah. so how long were you just for the one year? Um, Just like five months. Five months. Okay. Yeah. Are you from Jacksonville originally? I'm from Maryland originally. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you been in Jacks for? Well, I've been in Florida for about seven years now. Um, I moved to South Florida to Delray Beach Okay. from Maryland years ago. I loved that. And then I kind of got priced out. There wasn't just... I mean, there was influxes everywhere yeah. throughout the country, but... There's something about Delray Beach. They knocked down a lot of the original 1920s cottages that year and last year. Sorry. And then I moved here last year. Okay. Yeah. And how are you finding the scene here versus like other places? Um, It was already always a second home to me. I would come up here to surf and play music a lot. So for a couple of years, um, and I used to play at Hotel Palms like every month. I don't know if you know I'm, I'm aware Hotel Palms yeah. in Atlantic Beach. Yeah. Um, so I've always had friends up here. So moving here wasn't like this crazy transition. It was a lifestyle change a bit, but but it wasn't. It was. It already felt so safe and like home. And then I was so excited to be a part of the music community here. It's a strong one. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Yeah, it's not, I mean, I feel like Delray is not like a great scene. I'm from South Florida, also, <laughs> oh. so uh, not not Palm Beach. I'm from uh, like Broward, like Pembroke Pines area. Okay. So I was like back and forth between Miami and Fort Lauderdale a lot. Mm-hmm. And then when I got older, I was like hitting like just Palm Beach because that's where like the band leader at that time lived. And then we just toured and stuff. But it was always like getting out of South Florida was oh, the yeah. move. There's yeah. Miami's got a cool little scene, but like no one ever gets out of there because it's just like there's just kind of this little ecosystem that exists down yeah. there. And then they don't even leave Dade County. They just stay right in Miami. And then Broward <laughs> and Palm Beach have their own little thing going on. But it's just, I don't know. I found it so hard to find like original music outside of Miami. You yeah, know? unless it's like reggae. Yeah, lots of reggae. <laughs> they, had, yeah. they had this band called Fourth Dimension that played at mm-hmm. uh, Fat Cats in Fort Lauderdale. For like, I mean, every Wednesday for like 20 years. I mean, I used to go and see them when I was in high school and they were, they still had that residency up until I left. I think they Mm -hmm. might still have it. I don't know. But yeah, a lot of reggae there. Oh yeah. And geographically, it's so unrealistic to be a band who wants to tour. Yeah, totally. To be in South Florida. Yeah. And then the demand for original music almost does not exist. Yeah, definitely. Does not exist. And the price of living is just, it's insane. I mean... So I just trying to survive and then be an artist in South Florida where it's just like void of any real like creative culture. I'm excluding Miami from that because Miami is a very creative culture. Mm -hmm. It's just it for some reason it just doesn't 
yeah. go beyond a little buzz. I don't know. I, 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 Miami's an anomaly to me. Yeah, the rest it's its own. Yeah. <laughs> it's its own country. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but Broward and Palm Beach, holy shit. I mean, just strip malls and just void of any real, like, Yeah, culture. when I moved to South Florida, even from Maryland, I was kind of like, it's all very, like, plastic. Like, yeah. It's South Florida culture almost reminds me of, like, I know it's different than L.A., but, like, a little bit of that, like, it's just, like, it's new. It's just so new. It's so new. That's what it is, yeah. And um, and I'm used to, you know, being close to New York and just some culture. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. So it was interesting. And then, you know, in the strip malls, everything's from, like, the 80s. Yeah. That was exactly. the rise. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. Like, every, yeah. It was, like, swamp and like old retirement <laughs> Jewish communities and then the cocaine cowboys happened and it was yeah. like I guess we're just gonna start building massive skyscrapers everywhere now <laughs> yeah. and then from like Miami all the way to Palm Beach it was just the beaches are just like these crazy resort towns I don't know oh, it's yeah. just kind of wild yeah so. unless it turns into some like weird cinematic like rage city like kind of like what happened to Atlanta yeah you know I mean the movie scene hit Atlanta hard so I feel like the creative scene in Atlanta like also skyrocketed yeah any anywhere that that the film thrives mm -hmm. like there's just going to be like music will subsequently do yeah. well also and just really the creative uh industries across the board do well mm -hmm. like fashion and everything yeah. revolves around it you know mm -hmm. so that's why New York and LA and yeah. you know now Nashville has got really predominantly music but i think entertainment does well there and then atlanta yeah has, so it's just like they just need to make their way to south florida to florida in general would be florida. great <laughs> like because <laughs> like jacksonville i love i love jacksonville and you know it's a great like community here certainly more susceptible to um original music than i found in south florida um but it'd be cool that for bands to have more like opportunity like there was some infrastructure like that exists in LA or New York, yeah. you know, cause we were just talking about it earlier. People just get tired and, and like jaded oh, yeah. and then you just succumb to the cover band life because that's what yeah. survives here, you know? Yeah. It's a bummer. It's a bummer for sure. So it's really focusing on like doing shows out of town. Right. That's where I'm at now. I'm definitely at a point where I'm like, more music out more music must be out and about so we can hit the road and support it do you um, have any markets that you want to you're excited to hit or that you're like thinking about um i mean i know it's a leap to california uh but i have a lot of plays there a lot of listeners there um but regionally i really just want to do some east coast legs to get started yeah um that's a big thing to me so hopefully in march we can really lock that in we may start in the Asheville area, uh, work our way around North Carolina, Virginia, and then Charleston's a big one for us. Yeah, so. Charleston's a great town. Charleston's such a great city. Yeah. They love music. Yeah. And they love really good food. Yeah. And there's actually a yeah. blossoming film industry happening there, too. It was Danny McBride yeah. and that whole crew of people just moved out there. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, of course. They, they moved out there during COVID, <laughs> and now they've been producing uh like movies and stuff and they're actually doing you know the same issue with atlanta it's like there's film there but they're casting out of la and new york still but they are hiring local people for like production stuff and 
I would imagine some more like lower level casting stuff too. So I'm excited to see what happens with Charleston also. It really is a, a, such a cool city. Mm-hmm. And it's right there for us. Yeah. I've just, I've, I've seen a lot of bands from Jacksonville play there and it'd be extremely successful. Mm-hmm. Um, the people are all like, they're thirsty for the music. They're yeah. thirsty for original music that they've never even heard before. Yep. Um, it's that's it's very inspiring to go there, especially to start a tour there. You can just like <laughs> yeah, it opens up. Get you pumped up. Yeah, we played at the Poorhouse last year, Charleston Poorhouse, and that's nice. such a great venue. Yeah. Um, and again, people are just like receptive. Mm-hmm. We were like two bands that were kind of on. I mean, it was our first time in the market, and the other band had done a couple plays, but there was just a bunch of people that showed up just to you know see some music. So yeah. it was cool. There. That yeah. sounds cool. People love the poorhouse. Yeah, I mean, it's like the best place to see music in Charleston. I feel like Mm -hmm. there's some other, I guess there's some other places, um, but it's a really, really cool city. And the food culture there is amazing. You can't go there and not eat. I know. That's so good. I love the Royal American. That's the other place I was thinking of. I was like, what's the other That little stage, I'll never forget, though, the first time I saw that little stage, the first time I played there, I was like, how? (laughs) Yeah. And then we did it. We all like crammed up on this little stage. That's basically the bar. Yeah. Is the bar? Yeah. Um, but it's such a great turnout, like walking people just like foot traffic in too. Is that they're like on King Street? I think so. Okay. It's like down. Aren't like, we on King Street? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're so confused, dude. <laughs> Where are we? We're in Charleston. Surprise. We're actually in Charleston yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> we make the three and a half hour trek every week to the <laughs> podcast in Charleston. The real estate is just so good. We have to <laughs> yeah. go up there and do it, you know? <laughs> Not to mention those amazing South Carolina state taxes. Mm. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Charleston, Asheville, those are the places that you kind of want to try and target. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, And New York. I want to play in New York. Yeah, I mean, New York is like the mecca, I feel like. I fucking love that city, dude. It's like the coolest place. I haven't been since before 2020, and I'm like scared. Because I'm like, how different is it going to be? So, I was there in February, and that was Mm -hmm. my first time going as an adult. Yeah. And I thought it was amazing. However, the the locals that I was talking to all say that it's kind of lost some of its... Yeah. flair and magic there's not as many people out and mm-hmm. you know crime has gone up and everything but i feel i don't know i was walking around and i was just i fucking love big cities yeah like that's the one thing i do miss about south florida is being so close to miami you can like pick and choose like if you want to be like really urban or not exactly you know yeah. yeah and so just walking around new york i'm like holy shit this is like the greatest city in the world so much music so Mm -hmm. much just everything happening all the time food (laughs) i yeah there's there's this place that i go to i'm a huge fan of like comedy and like just that whole scene and so there's a place called uh joey roses uh that's like owned by a comedian so i've i went there and had like one of their it's like a sub shop but like the bread is what they brag about and it's like an eight dollar sub i mean it's all like super good yeah and i fell in love with that place the vibe was awesome the bartenders were super cool the food was so good and then i just went there like three days i was there for a week i went to that spot for three days in a row and just got like very drunk and just shoved food in my face (laughs) for like hours just talking to people it was so cool Oh, man, I miss New York. I've spent a lot of time there, and I've always dreamed about playing music there. 
even in the tiniest of venues like give me something intimate you know yeah uh but i really i definitely really want to play there and i just want to be there in general the energy is yeah it's and the diversity in a city, in a big city like that, is so rich. Yeah. You know? There's something also that I realized about that saying, like a New York minute, where it's like very real <laughs> in like a very literal sense. Yeah. It's like everyone is using the subway, right? So it's like, and if you're a minute late, that sets you like an hour back because mm -hmm. you got to wait for the next sub, uh, for the next train. And it's like, uh, it's a whole thing. So oh, yeah. it's just like, there's this mentality of like, yeah, we're all in this together. We're all relying on this thing. We all have an etiquette to an extent because we know that we're relying on this thing. Mm -hmm. And when you come and disrupt the ecosystem, <laughs> you become a real problem for the rest of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I love that. That's why there's so like, yeah. the attitude is there. Mm -hmm. But like they're mostly, as a culture, it's a caring city. Yeah. It's just like, stay out of my fucking way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. can't stand that you've already adopted us as referring to New York. You <laughs> no, gotta no. get out of here. I was dude. I was saying like our as ecosystem. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother us. Get out of our way. This is my subway car, dude. Uh, <laughs> I was <laughs> goes yeah. for one week and no. you're king in New York. Get out of here, Andrew Schultz. Get off my block. I know the best subs. <laughs> yeah. I know a guy named Joey DeRosa. <laughs> He's got real good bread. Yeah. All right, dude. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's a cool city. Um, and obviously I've adopted it as my own. So, <laughs> um, how close were you to, the, to, to New York? Pretty close. Uh, I used to sometimes skip school a lot in high school, um, and just go into the city. Um, so I was on the Eastern shore of Maryland. So it was like a quick jump through like Philly, Jersey, and then you're in New York. It's all, I don't think people how realize, like realize how relative it all is right there. Yeah. Um, pretty like tight so you can get there in like two and a half hours okay you know nothing crazy yeah um especially if you're driving as fast as everybody else on the jersey turnpike yeah it's but <laughs> but yeah so i was close i spent a lot of time there um even was a total daredevil and would go in for the holiday season really i mean it's like it's new york during christmas you know yeah it's all lit up and like, yeah yeah i can imagine yeah. so um that's why like because i've spent so much time there like now after 2020 i'm where i'm worried about that like that charm and that like spirit being a little bit different as to everything though and such as life everything evolves and changes but there's just some things that you turn to for comfort and it's a chaotic city. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely is. I don't know, you know, cuz I'm from a very like rural area. So like lots of farmland. I'm from a island of watermen, like oystermen and Okay. You know, very blue collar. Blue crabby, like <laughs> yeah. it's just like yeah, very chill. Um so I would just like crave to like go into the city sometimes to just see like what was um you know, out in that world versus I guess you could call it like a little mermaid moment. You know? Okay, yeah. I just wanted to be part of that world sometimes. And versus the really slow four stoplight town world. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But now that I'm like grown, I'm like, that's all I want. Yeah. <laughs> Slow it down. Definitely. <laughs> we visit the city and then we leave. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Definitely mm -hmm. feel that. I still love the chaos of a city. I was like, I was in LA f like last month and I fucking, I love that shit too. It's like, I have skirted around LA. I've never penetrated LA. It's. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't go in there. Yeah. <laughs> 
wrong term for that. Can you cut that out? I hate that I use that word. It's almost as bad as moist. Uh, what is it with people in moist? I don't know. All I think about is cookies. So. Okay. <laughs> I fucking love cookies, dude. It's a real problem. Yeah. I eat too. so many cookies. I had three or four last night. Really? Yeah. That's <laughs> what kind of cookies? They were actually gluten-free lemon Tate's cookies. Also, why are they called Tate's? I oh Tate like is that the company that makes them like Tate's cookies like the ones that come in like the little paper thing? Yep. I thought you were gonna say a chocolate chip or something, but you had to go like the no the four four different route. names. Well, the <laughs> night before I had brownies. Okay. They were very dense and fudgy, and I added additional chocolate to it. Oh my god! That's... I don't know why I'm looking at Chris. Are you? Yeah, you I, like that? I can't even look at you. Okay, <laughs> don't stop. He's over there like Stevie Wonder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't concentrate on my job if you keep talking about brownies, dude. <laughs> okay, I don't know how we got off on this tangent, but <laughs> we're hungry. Yeah. I want a sandwich with good bread. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> I know a place, funny you should mention. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you thought about relocating at all? I mean, obviously you've re- relocated several times. But like, um, I want to see what the next two to three years feels as like a hub here. Like just this being home base and touring from here, I do believe is a great place to tour from. And... But as as of recently, I have like thought about what it would be like submersing myself in a different city. And I know I've only been here for a year, but I, you know, and I'm like just imag- like immersing myself in another music community and forming a band elsewhere, and versus to continue to invest my time here with these musicians. I mean, there's so many talented people here. Yeah, there are so many talented people here. And everybody needs to know that, I'm, right? Like, I I mean I agree. That's why we do this podcast is to try and like whoa. give people like give the world some awareness that yeah. there's like a thriving. I will. I don't know if thriving is the right word, but there is a there's a there's a scene here mm-hmm. that like and there's a thirst for people for like for from musicians to like be creative and do cool things and. And you know, put a put their stamp on 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 music, and um, you know, it's just there just needs to be some like acknowledgement, like something right in the city. Yeah, and that's where that's where I struggle. Is like they're not really implementing these original music bands here. Right. All of the thriving bands that are original music are touring. Right. But they live here. Right. But they're not playing here often, yeah. you know, um, to maintain their success and to continue succeeding. They have to play outside of the city. Right. Um, so it'd be a really beautiful thing to experience it more so here. Um, but it's the culture here. People want to hear. That's kind of a funny thing, yeah, too. It, it's like, you know, I just kind of put this together. It's like you've got all these um, like stand up comedy and stuff. They have their cities or their home bases like where they work stuff out like austin's a big one and like they play a ton in their city and then they'll tour and i feel like jacksonville specifically or music it's the exact opposite like you go out and do your stuff and then you come home and maybe do one thing and it's just it's a weird i don't know it's kind of a kind of a bummer that that's the one that happens for us you've got to 
travel across the country just to get your stuff worked out yeah and and there was a band that came through town that played at the blue jay listening room recently recently and they're like austin they're from austin and they're just like austin texas you would love it um to someone else and i'm like me too (laughs) you know but it's landlocked struggle with that personally but maybe not it is super nice Uh, have you ever got to go out there (laughs) i have never been i've driven around austin past it and maybe because i know if i experience it i'll stay it's pretty awesome yeah i I got to go out there once and like kind of network and do some music stuff and it was just like everything you want jacksonville to be austin is like it's kind of got that (laughs) medium city vibe and (laughs) the music's so freaking good and everyone's just chilling but it's it's not you know oversaturated like a nashville or la or it's just like they got it figured out so if we could just take notes as a city that would be pretty pretty cool you know so you're saying don't leave don't leave just everything they're doing let's copy and steal it it's not stealing it's creativity how about we copy and paste you can borrow yeah steal it's just borrowing (laughs) i think part of what austin has going for it also is that it's been a music city for a very long time and even before like the internet was blowing it up as a music city it was known as the music capital of the country of the world Mm -hmm. that's how they brand themselves so now it's like getting more people moving there for different reasons and music being a part of it Mm -hmm. um so the population's growing and then like that's a big part of it too is just population size like how spread out is your city like jacksonville is so spread out and there's less than a million people here so like if you factor in what whatever the average number of, of a city's population that goes out to support the arts mm-hmm. you know in bigger cities it works because there's so many people but like in smaller cities it's harder because you know there's a there's a a mindset or a lifestyle that kind of permeates and then there's like the small subculture that kind of comes out of that and that's usually what's supporting the arts but there just doesn't seem to be enough of it here right now not to say that it can't get there but then you start to think like well you know places like austin and like new orleans and other cities that have this title, they aren't necessarily industry cities like L.A. or New York or Nashville, right. but they have these bustling music scenes. Like, it, does there need to be another one? Can right. there be another one? Or do you just go to Austin or New Orleans, right? So I don't know. And it's like it's just those things that you wrestle with as an artist trying to figure out and create a career for yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because like Jax is a great place. There's a lot of great musicians. It's affordable to live here. Mm-hmm. You have I-10 taking you west. You have 95 mm-hmm. taking you north and south. So it's like, it's not, it's a great location for touring. Um, but it's just like, holy shit. How do you get people to support you in this town? It, right here. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely a, um, it's an obstacle for sure. And it's expensive to tour. It's not easy, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's scary. Thinking about going on the road in March and I'm like, you know, you, you like strive for that, and as you're like locking stuff in, you're like, wait, am I gonna be able to afford this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There's a couple schools of thoughts on that, right? It's like you get funding somehow, which yeah. is another hard part here. You don't have labels on the ground that are they're not willing but able to. Mm-hmm. Even the labels here are small, and like they don't yeah. have a lot behind them. So you you try and get funding for it in advance, you know, sponsors, whatever, mm-hmm. or 
you like just book the tour and then figure out realistically what your expenses are going to be and then try and raise the money yeah by you know what side hustle played bar bar gigs to raise money and you know we did other things live streaming stuff to try and get creative with it but like i don't that's that's a that's a grind too because mm-hmm. then you gotta like play these cover gigs with the band night after night after night just to yeah. save money to go on tour and it's just like and then you deplete your worth in the market right so it's like this catch-22 thing is a funny thing for sure and i've i've stopped doing cover gigs as much because i did it for five and a half years um that's how long i've been doing music full-time and and it was also tougher up here because the the demand money is a little bit different in the city versus south florida i mean it's just money flying everywhere yeah totally um so cover gigs you make a lot more um but here i was like Oh no! Yeah, (laughs) that's not enough to to feed myself. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I mean, also just not only like creatively draining, especially if you're doing them alone. If you're sharing them with a bandmate, I'm learning now. I'm like, oh, this is way more fun. Definitely than doing three to four hours by myself. I'm like, Mm -hmm. no way am I doing that anymore. You know, I'll Uh do that occasionally. Um, but also having to promote yourself for three to four hour gigs, and then you want to do a show in the city that doesn't naturally have a demand for original music um, after you've been deluding yourself. It's the, it's like the hardest catch 22 to try and like solve, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you get, and then you wonder why people leave because you're like, I mean, I get it, dude. You know, you get to a point where you're just like, I'm tired of doing this shit. (laughs) It's creatively, not even just unfulfilling, but it's it's detrimental to the creative process. You lose yeah. it playing at, you know, whatever. I'm not going to name places. But just doing those four-hour gigs by yourself where they, they just want to hear Wagon Wheel. Yeah. And you're just like... Like playing Hotel California to people eating spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is it. I made it. Yeah. <laughs> I made it. I had somebody one time, uh, she goes like, well, what's your what's your favorite song to play? And I go like probably a song that I wrote, and she was like, "I want I, I like covers though." And I was like, "Are you serious?" Or you couldn't even like. She's so serious. I was like, you couldn't even like pretend to entertain me for a second. I'm sitting here four four minutes of your day. Yeah, I know. That's all it would have taken. I know four minutes of your day to just be like, "Oh, cool, play it," and then shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was like, yeah. no. dude, I've been sitting here entertaining you for fucking three hours. Like, no, 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 dance monkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's literally what it is. Dude. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and then it's like, well, why am I writing music? Why am I practicing? Why am I trying to do anything? It's like, yeah. So I get why people leave. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. You get like your last straw. I was playing at a bar at the beach. Yeah. And, uh, which one? There was like, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. Um, and there was like a group, like a whole table of like military dudes, like Navy and Marines or whatever. And they were like, don't you know any country music? And then they got like drunker and drunker oh, no. and they were like, you look like you need a nacho. And we're like trying to give me nachos <laughs> while I'm singing songs. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck this. I'm done. Oh my God. I'm like, I literally felt like a monkey at a zoo. They're like, nacho, oh. monkey, eat nacho. <laughs> Play Miranda Lambert. <laughs> and the, that it kills me. It's like, what about what you're playing screams Miranda Lambert? Dude, you know, that's oh, because I had boots on. You know, I like to wear oh, Western boots. So they're like, you wear boots like that. And you don't know any country songs. I'm like, 
It's called Fashion Sweetie. Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Western boot. Yeah. Okay. No, I can't expect those Mayport Navy guys to have any nuance whatsoever. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was just like, I definitely don't want to play in like large, like loud, large bars anymore. Mm. And. You know, unless it's the Royal American and Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> they want original music. That's yeah. they're there for a show. Yeah. That's you know? that's where where like those are there's some like rare gems like that. You know, like Dunedin yeah. Brewery out in uh in uh Dunedin also. <laughs> where? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is a is a great place that fosters like original music in the context mm-hmm. of like a brewery bar. So you'll get hired to play for the whole night or you can split it in half with another band and then but they want you to do your show and people that come there expect to see a show yeah you know so it's like finding gems like that along the way especially when you're building out a tour where you're like okay i'm playing for the door or ticket sales in a market i've never played Mm -hmm. before i know i'm gonna lose money on this one yeah spooky yeah yeah and the blue jay listening room is also a big, big house for original music. I fucking oh, love man. Blue Jay. Love Kara. She's coming on the podcast again tomorrow. When? Tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was on. She was on the. She was one of our first guests when we started doing this back in 2020. Really? I think she was like our second or third guest. Yeah. And then we haven't. We just you know haven't had her on since. But pre PV. That's pretty cool. What's what, what pre production value? Yes, pre production value. When it was just me and our key my keyboard player and side hustle in his <laughs> in his room with just shitty microphones and just one camera mm. and we were just with a fucking fake fireplace behind him no. <laughs> drunkenly <laughs> rambling about the problems of covid oh my just god to... i was just we just had a bottle <laughs> of fucking whiskey getting hammered <laughs> just talking so much shit it was that's a good time to start a podcast though it was that's rich we had a lot of fun in that first year doing it first two years and then we took it more seriously when chris and gene came on board really sucked the fun out of it <laughs> <laughs> well really what sucked the fun out of it is when i decided to quit drinking and now i don't uh now i don't get hammered and just spout whatever bullshit's going on in my head yeah, yeah now you're <laughs> caffeinated and you have good cohesive thoughts what a fucking problem Ca- yeah. caffeinated and talking faster yeah you really fit it all in there now yeah. <laughs> our viewership really goes up when you don't slur all your words together <laughs> I'd say things that just piss people off. You've cut your intros down from like 20 takes to 10. It's been incredible. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'll give exciting. them all the behind the scenes, dude. Come on. <laughs> You've seen my super cuts. <laughs> Pretty glorious. Yeah. You guys should do like an annual release of the super cuts. That is a great idea. We used to do, we did, a, them, Chris. we did like Pull a, we did a, we did a Christmas <laughs> episode. That's going on the super cut. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> instead of a Christmas episode, just a Christmas super cut. Yeah, we did a, oh that God. Christmas one last year. That shit was we like just that was a good one. That, that was, was yeah. Can I was sit like right. this on your couch with shoes yeah. on? You can do whatever you want. It's uh yeah, absolutely. Don't tell me where it's been. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, <laughs> it's <laughs> it was. I mean, I, it was the couch in my apartment up until earlier this year. So okay, nothing crazy. Just my dog, yeah. you know, spend some time on it. Love so. dogs. Yeah. All right, safe, safe couch. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't find it outside in the parking lot and bring it in here. <laughs> and it reclines, too, if you want to recline, you know, if you're feeling that. No pressure, though. You I'll know. fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, another uh, tangent. <laughs> I don't know where that we were before. We were talking about the Blue Jay. Yes. And how yes. Kara's going to be here tomorrow. Yes, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going to be there tonight. 
going to the it's, uh, jazz jam. Yeah, it's church. What time does that go to? Like eleven or ten? Ten thirty. All right, maybe I'll go there first and then go to YP's. You yeah. absolutely should. Yeah, I've house bands like eight to nine, and then they get all the jammers to come in. All these incredibly talented students. The best yeah. in the land. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys seen that? Um, Lady Saxist, Mina. She plays a little sax sometimes. I don't think mm-hmm. I've seen her yet. She's incredible. Really? You an F student? Yeah, was Ooh. or okay. is? No, sorry, she is now. I actually don't know. She started jazz jams when she was really young. Cool. She's just very talented. What's her name? Mina. Mina, like Nina, but with an N, with an as in not monkey. Okay. <laughs> 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 well, sometimes we just gotta go for it. You know what I mean? Yes. Locked, it, locked it in. Mina. Yeah, she's when she appears at jazz jams, it's extra special. So. Cool. I'm ex- yeah. I haven't seen Stefan uh, in a minute, and I haven't seen Stanel sometimes come in. I play at Ragtime over okay. in Atlantic Beach like once a month, and Stan <laughs> plays at uh, the that once Meza across yeah. the street from Ooh, there. Yeah. So because the drinks are so expensive there, him and the band will come in to Ragtime <laughs> like while I'm playing, and we'll just like catch up and shoot the shit for a bit. Oh, I love that. Um, dude. Stan and Stefan is like the best rhythm section of all it's, time. Though. It's one yeah. of my favorites for sure. Like um, by yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very, yeah. So good. Put them in <laughs> any genre too. It doesn't matter. Like they're going to groove mm-hmm. anything. They can groove country. They can groove jazz. I just can't believe we have access. Yeah. To jazz. That's that good. Like right here. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. And and like, people need to know. It's true. I it's mean like. so damn good. Yeah. <laughs> And like this, the scene is small, but it's putting out good stuff. Like um, Josh Bolas, he comes in sometimes and plays on the Tuesdays, and he just dropped a new album. Kenny's always recording mm-hmm. stuff and putting it out. Like crazy good jazz scene yeah. for what it is to yeah. be in the southeast. You know, it's like. Yeah. Did you know that Kenny sings? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So he was in a band. What's the? Um, it wasn't Chroma. I'm trying. Centropolis. Okay. Um, he's got a record out on Spotify, Centropolis, and he's singing on it, and it's what nasty. I have no idea. It's like a funk. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's like JJ Gray and Mofro if it was funky and Kenny fronted it. Okay. I mean, it's very cool. Stupid how good it is. I I heard him sing last night for the first time. He did a, a duet with um I forgot what the singer's name His was. His girlfriend Tish. Yes, that's who it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did uh what's that uh, Tom Petty and uh, Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks tune. I'm just like dragging my heart, drag my heart around. I think is what it's called. Yeah. First off, I forgot how much I love that song. Second off, they fucking nailed it, dude. Nice. I heard Kenny just like, I see him holding the mic and I'm like, what's going to happen here? Where were they playing? At Blue Jay. Oh, they, they, they for were at the three were... jam. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And he just starts fucking belting the Tom Petty verse. And I'm like, <laughs> not only is he like one of the best sax players, but he's just a phenomenal singer too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, just, I mean, what a talented guy. That's so cool. Yeah, the house band that the Blue Jay for jazz is so good. And Jonah Pierre on keys. Mm. Woo wee. Another monster, yeah. yeah. Total monster. Yeah. And again, to not just be like, good, like, because being good at piano is hard enough, right? Yeah. But you've seen him on like a synthesizer and like his own. I mean, it's it's just. He's got a swag. So talented, it, man. Yeah. He's got a thing. Yeah. He's I've, got it. I've 100%. only heard him play. In the context of the jazz jam, I didn't know he had like synths. Oh, and all dude, that stuff. he's got yeah. so his uh, his solo project, Brony, Borneo, Bronio. I, yeah. I, I don't know, uh, but like look that up because it's him solo, 
with samplers, synth, synths, and all that stuff. And he like live loops, builds in the moment, and it's all synth based. Really? It's yeah. incredible. I called him at the Walrus one night doing that for the first time, and I was like, because yeah. I had only ever seen him at Jazz Jams, and yeah, I saw that, dude. and I was like, what an animal. Yeah. So stupidly <laughs> good, dude. It's like, that's the thing is just like to see all those guys play and then see them completely excel at a completely different thing is just mm-hmm. like yeah oh that's talent right yeah. there that's what i'm talking about yeah, yeah. So mad crazy. scientist vibes he's brilliant yeah 100 yeah it's wild man we get we do have a lot of talent in the city for sure mm-hmm. it's uh it's been a great place to just kind of like build and and like you know i don't know establish yourself as an artist yeah you know i mean it's yeah. just it's a good place to do it hone your craft there's like a lot of other places to sharpen your knives and stuff with people you know like get everyone on the top of their game around here you yeah. know talent begets talent and that kind of thing yeah you know definitely. Oh, golly i love it i don't know if my caffeine's kicking in or if i'm just <laughs> buzzing really thriving on this combo <laughs> oh man so <laughs> what's that shirt mean oh this is satya is that like the brand or is that like a it's a sanskrit word meaning truth and it is a brand of chocolate <laughs> okay i've got a it's good I'm curious and it's made with a lot of love i can like. tell i haven't done uh uh mushrooms in i guess i did them like a year ago or something but it yeah. was very mild um but i used to do like lots of them all the time when i was younger um but i'd be curious to try them now just after just being a little older and like having some more experience and And going in with intention and stuff you know yeah well and i was just telling him yesterday about the microdosing and playing like it's i I thought it was like a super hack yeah i've performed micro like microdose yeah you know or like a little bit of a macro dose i've done it now twice in the past two weeks and both the times i played i just felt way more tuned into what i was playing and more present when i was playing it and it was such a vibe i mean like the gigs were just bar gigs Mm -hmm. and they were still just the most fun thing i was just like this is the way to play music honestly and there's something there's like parts of your ego that you take on stage and when you microdose you're able to like kind of like shed some of those walls Mm -hmm. and you can just play your music without this ego layer of like fear and nervousness any of that like that barrier even if you don't feel nervousness on stage is i don't yeah tech but like subconsciously there's like this what's my appearance right now and it's yeah. like stuff like that and you shouldn't have to worry about that while you're playing music totally. and making nice sounds yeah you know? and just the present like i know for me it's like what do i have to get done after this or like what's on the yeah. docket this week and it's just like that gets all put aside for the night yeah. and it's like all right we're here you're just connected to the source yeah dude <laughs> dude you're 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 satya you're very true yeah you're your most truest being i <laughs> tried to play on mushrooms one time <laughs> and i couldn't figure out how to plug my guitar in so <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> nice. i love that that's a lot of mushrooms i was gonna yeah. say a micro a little, dose or a macro a dose. Over a micro. <laughs> i think i ate like an eighth of like hydroponic mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> hydroponic yeah i was i was flying i felt good but yeah. i could like i, I grabbed, sounded like shit but played well, I, couldn't even, I couldn't sound like anything i couldn't plug my guitar in. one time i like started singing my own songs backwards really oh that's fucking Whoa. trippy that's you can pay me to do that 
That sounds. <laughs> that would take me a week. <laughs> and I was like, wait. <laughs> it sounds wait. a little spawn of Satan y. And yeah. then I couldn't not. <laughs> <laughs> You're stuck in a backwards loop. I was like, we're just going to put this down. Um, can't do this right now. So, when you say a little bit of a macro dose, what's what's a do- what's that dosage mean? Like maybe like to me double micro dosing. Like, like a gram. Like to like so micro dosing is usually like 0.3. Okay. Of a gram. So you do like half a gram as a as a macro or as a small macro dose or like 0.6. I guess it'd be like 0.6. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what's the, uh, what's, like, do you run a risk of making, when you take it consistently, do you take it, like, like if you're microdosing, like, for, like, medicinally, people typically, typically do, like, three times a week or something? Yeah, they do, like, the different stacks, like, the Stamet stacks and stuff like that. And then they also, uh... I mean, it depends on your tolerance because not everybody was, does the stacks like that where yeah. they'll do like three days on, three days off or like four days on and then four days off um, or like every other day. Um, d- there's all different, you know, ways to stack. But also if you haven't done mushies in a while, then even a micro dose, you may feel something. Um, it depends on what's in your stomach, what's blended in the micro dose, if there's like niacin or other mushroom blends like lion's mane or anything like that um it'll just like run through you a little bit differently but usually a micro dose a micro dose you should never feel okay um but mentally the barriers that can usually create obstacles um creatively they go away okay and it's so fascinating because it even still surprises me when i microdose and write and i'm like what a great tool and i don't want to like abuse this tool you know but it's like every time i microdose and sit down to write it's just like pours out mm. it's amazing okay so because that's always a part that i get concerned about i do not like the onset of um, any psychedelics whether it be acid or mushrooms and people always tell me it's like well when you microdose you get kind of that onset feeling and then it just kind of stays there which is the part that i like don't want yeah. to feel so you're saying that at smaller doses you're not feeling you any physical you shouldn't feel any physical differences okay. um if you are feeling physical differences then it's too much okay microdose you should not feel anything it should just be a little bit more mental clarification and focus um yeah you shouldn't physically feel anything you might mentally feel lighter which can cause a physical reaction but never like like physically like you know high or yeah. <laughs> you know yeah um yeah you should be able to do normal daily things okay you know i'm curious i'm gonna try this out yeah i'm excited for you to try it yeah I'd... it's a fun creative tool to use every now and then and what i love about psilocybin is it stays in your habit like you don't have to keep taking psilocybin it's like once you learn and you like rewire a little bit on a habit of like being open and removing an obstacle creatively you don't need to take it the next day to experience the same thing okay it's like you're relearning how to free yourself if that makes any sense i I love that so what that's what i love about psilocybin is that you learn new ways of living and new ways of living mentally and when you like 
free yourself of a certain obstacle or barrier, whatever it is, a fear of failure, per se, creatively. Like, are people going like, to like this song? If you're, you know, everybody is writing for themselves, I would imagine. Um, but sometimes you do have that, like, subconscious that's, like, waving over you that's, like, is, does this sound good, you know, versus just letting it pour out on paper first. Right. Um, but anyways, I mean, you kind of relearn on psilocybin versus like just, I don't know, like having to take it again to experience the same thing. You'll yeah. learn something new every time. That's that's the, the intriguing part about it because, and whatever, I've talked about it on, on the show before, but like I, like up until, like when I quit drinking, I also had a real big problem with like, you know, taking like Adderall and stuff like that. And that was like mm -hmm. my tool to write. Because yeah. I mean, just the clear headedness and just the focus and all that stuff. But what it doesn't do is teach you how to do it when you're not on it, because <laughs> literally the crash is so bad. That the last yeah. thing you want to do is even open your eyes in the mm -hmm. day. So I've been, I obviously like, I still write and, and practice um, without, without it. I've been clean off of all that for, you know, eight months now. So, and I've still been writing and practicing, but I'm, I'm, I would be nice to have something to like lean on and I and I like I take very small like doses of edibles yeah like which helps creatively but I don't have like the focus I just kind of meander yeah. around my instrument and come up with ideas I'm like oh that sounds cool but also this does and also this does wait what was that other so there's idea like yeah the loss of like focus I know like Stevie Nicks I mean she loved like smoking a J before yeah. <laughs> writing songs from what I've like read and heard um, about her. You know, it's definitely, they're all creative tools. Like mm -hmm. I yeah. love a coffee and a cigarette. Sounds crazy, but man, yeah. what is it? Yeah. <laughs> coffee and some nicotine? Yeah. Well, you know? Yeah, totally. And then I'm like, <laughs> for those just listening that was all uh what do you call that go to our youtube pantomime yeah. i can't hear it. destiny's yeah. strumming air guitar yeah destiny is writing on pen and paper i got some overdubs i'll work on i'll just <laughs> I'll throw those in there just yeah. overdub some guitar strums some pen do, on do, paper. Do, 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 do. oh fuck it calm down <laughs> 10 years clean of that stuff dude watch it <laughs> oh man yeah so um have you noticed? Uh, have you noticed any difference with like uh, the microdosing um, with psilocybin versus like a THC kind oh. of headspace when you're writing or being creative? Yeah, I mean, I I like THC, but I it's not really my. I'm like so like airy, so like me and THC don't always like mix. I'm like. I, just, I have a hard time focusing. Yeah. Um. But even like I like microdosing LSD. That's a like microdosing that is so different than microdosing psilocybin. Really. Yeah. It's definitely. I feel like it's more um, analytical, like logical. Uh, like the the microdosing LSD is more like way more like streamlined. Like it's just it's a little bit different. Okay. I think it's for a different kind of focus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, versus like a fluid creativity. Um, maybe maybe mixing and things. <laughs> the engineering right, part the of engineering things. Right, engineering side, yeah. That would be a good one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The T I'm, THC usually, I, I can't like focus 
too well on that. Yeah, it also just makes me lazy as shit. Like, yeah. there are times where where I'm, where I'm like, with if I've eaten like a little bit of an edible, where I do pick up my guitar because it's just what I want to do. Yeah. Um, Physically, but, it feels great. Yes. Yeah. But but there's nothing coming out of me that I'm like, oh, I want to sit down and write a tune. Now. Yeah. I'm like, this feels good. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to fucking noodle. I just want to play and create. Yeah. Man. Which is also great for the muscle, too. Totally. Yeah. You know, I think all of it's important. You Definitely. know, all important to sit with. And then, and then finding ways to inspire us, too. Like, there's something about being on the road for me that just like, I write like crazy then it's the greatest it's the greatest thing and i can't wait to be on the road with bandmates yeah what are we going to create together yeah you know probably a lot of animosity and hatred (laughs) each other (laughs) stop touching my elbow hashtag hashtag no the road is so amazing it's like the greatest place ever i mean it it, when you're with people it is very trying um but it but no barking spiders in the car (laughs) (laughs) but uh it is it's also bonding you know Mm -hmm. um the last not the last tour that we did but we did we did one uh a couple years back where it was like we did we played Asheville and a couple other places and then the way that I, i was flying to turkey when i got back for a wedding so i built the tour to be back in Jacksonville two days before my flight out of Miami so I could pack, drive wow. down. Ha- Anyways, the van breaks down on the way. Uh, we're like, I forget where, somewhere in North Georgia or something. Oh. And so the, the van breaks down and then we're on the side of the road for no joke, eight hours, just roasting in the sun. We ran out of water. We had nothing. <laughs> and... Uh, we're all just like, this is brutal, dude. So anyways, um, we get a hotel somewhere, um, which is just, mind you, all this is severely eating into whatever money we made <laughs> that weekend. Yeah. And so we had to get the van fixed, uh, got a motel, and then we get on the road again. And then about an hour and a half down the road, the van breaks down again. We had to, uh, this is, at this point, I have to be in Miami the next morning uh, by 6 a.m. for my flight. We're in Valdosta, Georgia. And uh, <laughs> I've never even heard of that place. Yeah, right? <laughs> and it's, um, about, it's about, I don't know, we were about two hours, two and a half hours from Jacksonville still. So um, we're on the side of the road again. We had called a triple, uh, AAA person. They told us to not worry about the tow truck where they're going to fix the bat. It was a battery issue. Well, it wasn't a battery issue. We'd already canceled the tow truck. So we had already been waiting for like six hours for the tow truck, by the way. And the AAA guy's like, well, I can't tow you. I don't, this car, this truck I have doesn't tow. So you're going to need to call another tow truck. And I'm like, we just canceled. It was on the way. And you told us to cancel it. He was like, yeah, you got to order another one. Anyways, we had to call another one. <laughs> Did you punch that guy? <laughs> I, Did I, you punch him? I, <laughs> I was I was being I was being a, a huge asshole to him, and Billy was like, "Dude, chill out. It's not his fault." I'm like, "Yes, it fucking is, dude. We were almost done with this." Were you also hangry? <laughs> yeah, and dehydrated, and also had um, 
uh, full disclosure, I had I was I had no more Adderall left. No, <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> I had I had no more Adderall left w- with me, and I'm like on day two of a gnarly crash. Oh I yeah, always had it with me on the road. Oh yeah, and brutal. Yeah, oh, so God. no sleep, crashing, hot sun for eight hours on the side of the road. Eventually, uh, we call a tow truck. I'm like, I, we can't wait here. So we all call our girlfriends. And we all get rides back, like so. From Georgia. From Georgia. The and girls all drove up from Jacksonville, yep. Florida. Shout out to them; they were the real heroes. My girlfriend had no choice because we had a flight to catch out of Miami. <laughs> so either uh, we, she came to pick me up, or we were totally screwed. Um, and a flight to Turkey is not cheap. I was going to so. say she's either the hero or the villain of that story. One yeah. of the two. <laughs> so she comes. So she comes to pick me up. We drive. <laughs> Ba- she, she doesn't get there till like six o'clock okay God. we drive back to jacksonville we pack and then leave jacks by 10 drive down to miami or we her parents live in delray so we stayed in delray cool. for the, for till we got there at three o'clock in the morning right then we had to catch a tri-rail from delray to the miami to, to mia um so and then we flew it was like a 13 hour trek to get to turkey with like a couple of over uh you know uh layovers so i didn't sleep for two days and then we land in in athens greece we stayed there for like two days and she didn't sleep for two days either did she no no one slept for two days did you rub her feet uh no but i did but i did uh uh i didn't think about that actually hey what's her name chelsea 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 can you be sure that he rubs your feet and owes you? When was this? Oh, this is two years ago. Two years ago, gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> Get that foot rubbed. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then we fucking land in Athens, and dude, we hit the ground running. I mean, we were just like, no, I didn't even care. I was like, we're in Athens for two days. We're going to experience this city. You guys yeah. are probably like <laughs> on drugs, but just sober. You're just high out. on no yeah. sleep. <laughs> just- oh, I- I found the first place that we could find and and try to get a maker's mark and they do not have bourbon in most uh bars in Europe because it's not bourbon's an American whiskey, you know. So like <laughs> so eventually we found a place that had maker's mark and I sat down and we on this rooftop bar overlooking like the Acropolis and all that and just with a fucking bourbon on the rocks and just sat there and I was like this is this is good. This yeah. is good. But that was <laughs> And then when I got back from Turkey, a uh, bass player quit the band <gasps> right after we released our album. Wow, what was it? What was it? Uh, what is that? Uh, Mercury in retrograde. <laughs> Had to be. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In uh, in October of 2021, whatever was happening then. <laughs> I think it's more bass player in Georgia grade, but whatever. <laughs> um, oh man! But for the rest of us, I mean, you know, we look back on it as a crazy experience, and we always have that struggle together. So. <laughs> Um, good. Make sure you have your ducks in a row before you, <laughs> you board. Can laugh yeah, about make it. Make sure you rub your girl's feet after she does some massive stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. No, she <laughs> she came she came in strong for that one. That was That's great. That's really cool. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, anyways, um, you know, do better than I did for the tour. <laughs> hey, I feel like that stuff was completely out of your control. Yeah. So that's the stuff I think. Um, I don't look forward to, but. I wouldn't be surprised when it happens and it's just like not punching the tow truck guy yeah. and uh, or the not tow truck guy. Yeah. Um, just like, you know, handling it with grace when I can and 
remembering what's important in those moments, which is hella tough after eight hours of bacon on an asphalt like a fried egg. Yeah. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> yeah, there, there's a it, it's it's a weird thing when you go into those moments because you're like everyone's like looking to you to solve the problem. Yeah, you know, and you're because you're band leader. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, what are we doing, man? And you're like, right. What are we doing? My van is yeah. broken, but what are we doing right now? And then you gotta like, while you're panicking and thinking about your budgets and like everything else, you yeah. gotta do. You gotta like, then start solving problems. And it's, yeah. but it's good. I mean, it's good character building, and you know, ultimately, like learning how to delegate, and you know. And just would, being strong for everybody in those situations is so cool to have bandmates that are like have like specific technical jobs in the band too yeah that would be so rad <laughs> well you find like uh, like people that are in the band in the band you can start like delegating yeah, i feel like i mean and that's right? mike monahan for us i mean he's definitely in the band in the band yeah he's He's the one. <laughs> and he he likes doing that kind of stuff, right? Like he yeah. Well, it. he's like super. He's super passionate, regardless. I mean, and he's just he's a very dependable individual. Yeah. Not that everybody else that I play with is not. Um, they all are. Just Mike is just loves Bay Honey too. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's definitely um he's definitely invested. Um, he's a so, phenomenal drummer. I mean, yeah. What a fucking like powerhouse yeah we're gonna we're gonna start scheduling some shows out of state next week so him and i are gonna be sitting down together and looking over the calendar and things like that and he's gonna help me because he also has some relationships with other venues because we're doing a diy yeah little tour in the spring awesome so yeah so it's nice to have somebody else in the band that's able to like tap in that way and he's already been around the block with um Mm. annie annie dukes annie dukes yeah yeah. Sweet Annie Dukes. God, they're good. They're so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did our 100th episode. We did a live at a uh, Kingmaker. Uh, Kingmaker Brewery, and they <clears throat> played some songs afterwards and really just nailed it. So yeah. good. And Cassidy's voice is just like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. Ba, ba, boo. <laughs> 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 yes. Yeah. 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 She's a cool witchy lady. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, you guys want to hit some unpopular opinions? Always. Let's do it. Um, are you familiar with this segment at all? I am not. Okay. Let's so, hit it. <laughs> so it's pretty self-explanatory, I guess. We all go around and um, do just say an unpopular opinion and discuss it. And then, you know, see how we feel about each other at the end of it. It's like yeah. at the restaurant. And I, I think I know what I want to order. But can you guys go first when the server comes back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of, of course. course. <laughs> Chris usually kicks it off, so... All right. Uh, this was inspired by last night's events. Um, sports and concerts, uh, sporting events and concerts are the same thing. Mm. They're the exact same thing. And it's funny because there's such a like high school like jocks versus band kids, and they're the same thing. It's just crazy that one, you just physically beat people up, and the other, you emotionally beat people up. It's crazy. <laughs> but they're the same. Like, you get there... <laughs> And everyone hangs out in a parking lot together, selling their wares and drinking. Then you go inside the big place, and then everyone waits around for the thing to start. The thing starts. Everyone claps and yells, and then you leave, and there's a bunch of traffic. They're the same thing. Yeah. They're the same thing. Why do people... Like, why... like? And it's funny. Musicians hate sports people. I love Alex Hamey to death. Alex hates football. 
Yesterday, really? yeah. Um, seems like a football guy. You would, th- you would <laughs> think that. There's heavyweights. You would. I would imagine like football. You would. <laughs> a, you would 100 percent think that. So we were supposed to play last night, and we ended up getting canceled because Jags on Monday Night Football. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And Alex, and he posted oh. this on his story, so I have no problem repeating what he's yeah. owning. But he's like, "Yeah, we're canceled tonight. Go enjoy the sports ballers. If you love wearing a grown man's name on your back, this is for you." <laughs> and it's like, it's like. Yeah, dude, but they're you. You know what I mean? The, you're doing the same thing. So there's this hatred between sports and concerts. They're all entertainment. It's all the same exact thing. What is the deal? Like, yeah. can we all just like like each other? What's yeah. the we problem? Could, we could like each other if we stopped getting our gigs canceled because of the games. That's okay. It's not okay. It's a real problem for, for me yeah. when I got like like literally 80% of my gigs canceled in, in August through the rest of the year because of football. And then I had to, I've been still trying to scramble to like fill those dates. That's not a sports ball problem. That's a shit manager problem. Yeah. So yeah. we can like them. We can, what we need to hate is managers. We I, hate managers at restaurants and shitty bars that we hate playing at. Yeah. Because they're the we ones that did that to like you. Playing there. There's too much spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> too much spaghetti and Navy guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, There's too much like Miranda. Take an M&M song Out of here. here. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta lose your gig to the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried about like Blue Jay last night because of the seven or the eight o'clock game. Yeah, there was not that many people there, yeah. which is wild because the talent was. But all the talent was watching the game and supporting their brethren in entertainment. Yeah, they were. So yeah. everybody was like on the brakes, just like glued to the phone. Okay, what's happening? So that's the thing. We should like watching. prioritizing one over the other is trash. You know, especially if you're gonna prioritize a televised thing over a real live art thing that's stupid Mm -hmm. that's not their fault though they're just doing the thing Mm -hmm. it's you know so we shouldn't hate on them so much we should i hate managers a little extra because they're not all they're bad at managing they're high on coke and they're also making bad choices with their entertainment cocaine looking at you all of you okay (laughs) (laughs) i didn't name names come on um so anyway that's my beef that's what i'm that's where i'm at Yeah, it's all entertainment that's the of course yeah I I don't have any issue with sports. I don't particularly find it entertaining to watch. Sure. Um, I do think on like a philosophical level, they're a necessary uh, thing to have as a part of society. Yeah. Um, I just you know for me, like, I don't I don't really care. Uh, people that enjoy them don't bother me. I, most of my friends are really big like Dolphins fans or UM fans, and it's fine. Um, you know, I just I just don't have much say in the conversation. It only bothers me when I'm directly affected by it, of when course. my money gets fucked with because of sports. Which, like to your point, it's not it's not the They're team's fault the or thing. the sports fault. It's it's you know the uh, the people that make those decisions based on a it. Poor so, decision. Yeah. Yeah. A poor decision. Probably not a poor decision on their part. I mean, it's ma- it's saving them money, obviously. So it's a good decision. For the venue, but it's a bad. That's decision. that's another problem I had, especially after last night, and I won't Could go you into the it. Decision in terms of scheduling, or um, canceling, canceling. Because here's the thing: I've got the problem with this because it was the thing last night, and I won't flame him too hard because we still have the gig. Yeah. But like, the argument was we're gonna have more people come into the bar, an influx of people to watch the game, so we're gonna cancel music because we don't want to lose money. It's like mm-hmm. you're gonna make more money with more people but you're canceling us so you're 
just trying to capitalize your money by saving X dollars you're paying us yeah. and then taking all this extra money from people coming to watch the game. Yeah, that's weird. You're going to make money. During games at like lunches. It's terrible. And it's not fun, but it's the they worst. didn't cancel it yeah. at least. You know what I mean? Like I've played during a lot of NBA games at lunches. And here's the thing. Not great. They're the, shouting and cheering. Not for me. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> oh, you guys, like, you guys really like that. Over in the corner. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, they're clapping for the bridge. They like the bridge. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, that's not what's they happening. Don't give a hoot. Here's the thing. The money's already budgeted. They made. Mm-hmm. They budgeted the money for that night, and they're still going to survive. So just pay out the artist. Tell them before they leave their house that you're good. Here's your Venmo. Here's your check. It's in the mail. Whatever. Have your night. Make the money you want to make. It's all good. You've already made the budget. These people that are like, oh, we got to. This dude reached out and canceled us morning of. It's like Uh -uh. this Jag schedule has been out since what? June, July. I mean, it's been out forever. And the morning of you just decide to cancel. No, yeah. you got you got to pay full price for that. Well, here's Sorry. the thing, and like from now on, now you have to collect a deposit from that person because uh, totally because there are venues that they are loyal to the plan and they will pay you out yes. if, even if they cancel you. Yes, that's the right thing to do because this is what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can't just like can't, people have deposits all the time for different services that you have to pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is how you eat. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I don't even think that they're the, the the big issue is canceling the day of. Right. I wouldn't even if they're gonna make that call. I think that at least like half of the agreed upon price right. is fair. Totally. Um, because we're both losing out here, and that's you know that's that's called a shared risk, and yeah. that's what we get in this for. Sure. But like, um, I do think it's dangerous territory to walk on. When we start speculating about how a bar is running their business by assuming that they already have the money budgeted because the problem is they that booked you. They do have the money budgeted. They, they booked a you a lot. Of, yeah. Uh, that's the ideal situation, but a lot of people aren't running an ideal, an ideal business. And a lot of people are depending on bands to bring in the income that they pay, that they're paid for, that they're, that they're paying for. So I'm not saying that's the right way to do it. I'm saying that that's a way that's done, which makes, which, which is, makes for a not stable or reliable, you know, business venture uh, with a bar. But that's why it's dangerous to speculate. But you always get, get paid uh, 99% of the time you always get paid rather regardless of whether you bring people or not. They got that they knew they booked you, they knew what you cost. Yeah. That's the bump like sure they might be they might be also speculating that you'll bring people and they'll spend money and that'll help cushion their cost of paying you and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But they already know we're paying this guy this many dollars tonight. Regardless of anything else that happens, well, that's yeah. all I'm they saying. They definitely have the money if the influx of people are coming in for that game. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't know. I get that. That's a whole different conversation than what I originally <laughs> said. They're just the same thing. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I still fully believe. But uh, all these things are good too. So I'm glad. Yeah, sports. I mean, it's all entertainment at the end of the day. And deposits sure. are reasonable. You can do it. You're allowed to collect Not a deposit. A hundred percent. That's something musicians should. I know. If it is outside, I always, if I'm playing an outside gig, I'm like, I need a 30% deposit yep. because weather happens, y'all. Yep. Yeah, especially like, in Florida. Yeah. And, and, there's and too 30% many, isn't even a lot. It's not. You know? And there's too many lemon bars out there that are going to just ruin your day. <laughs> well, in South Florida, I had to. Yeah. Everything's outside. Yeah. 
And uh, so, but they were, it was no issue to collect a deposit. You Everything know? is super corporate down there. So they're just yeah, like, they're like, like oh, deposit. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, here you yeah. go. Yeah, no problem. And they like pay you at the moment. There's so many places here that don't pay you right away. Yeah. What is that, Jacksonville? Oh, we just had a nice long talk about that. It took Anton three weeks to get paid uh, recently. That, yeah, that wasn't the venue though. That Five, was three a months. Shitty... Ooh, <laughs> Jesus. Whoa. And I'm a poker. Yeah. <laughs> I want my money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very intimidating. I would pay you. I got a lot of pasta I got to eat. Where's my money? Yeah. <laughs> um, Hello, you live. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've never had to wait three months to get paid from some. Well, there was one place I had to wait like two months, I think. That's too long. It's way too long. Especially if you. Like, first off, I stopped playing at places that say the check's in the mail. No. Yeah. I don't want it in the mail, dude. It gets lost in the mail. Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, people that, like, like bars that want to pay, like, if they're, like, via Venmo or something, it gets weird, too, because if you don't pay me on the spot, they're going to hunt you down because you're going to forget about it. Right. And I don't want to chase people down for shit like well, that. Well, and that's what's mm -hmm. weird. When it's been so long... I get upset because I'm like, I am going to forget. Yeah. yeah. And then my money that I earned is in the ether and it never touches my bank. Like, yeah, that's not cool. No. You know, especially when you have other musicians involved. Oh, yeah. When you're doing a gig with multiple musicians, you're like, hey, this is a good paying gig. And like, uh, sorry. I can't pay you out of my own pocket. Yeah. You know, and then you you feel like a slacking business owner. Yeah. You know? Nothing is worse than getting a bandmate texting you and going, hey, man, what's that pay look do like? Do we get paid yet? Do, do like, we get paid yet? And I'm like, no. And yeah. then when they're upset with me, I'm like, claws at the person I was gonna say, who has a paid dog. Us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> hello, hello. I do sympathize with band leaders in that position. I had one recently, this, which is what Chris was just alluding to, that took two weeks to get me paid um and i don't necessarily mind the the waiting period if we've agreed on the terms i don't yeah. like waiting but if i agree to it then i agree to it and it is what it is but i was told i was gonna get paid the night of the show like oh, yeah. afterwards and then i got the runaround by the band leader and then the musical director and then the manager of the band everyone's telling me i'm getting paid from something different and i'm like just tell me who and when I'm getting paid. That's all yeah. I need to know. And then don't make me wait two fucking weeks while you're telling me the money's coming tonight. Yeah. Like that, you know what I mean? That, that's just bullshit, like that. dude. Yeah. I don't no. like that. The expectation, that's such an important thing. That's an important thing with venues, artists, your bandmates, just, hell, your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> like, expectations are so, creating an expectation is so important and like clear communication with the band too, you know, and, and just and it's hard sometimes you know because there's so many people that we have to rely on in the industry when you have something planned yeah you know definitely like there's and then there's all i've just noticed in this city the expectations aren't exactly created um sometimes um the breakdowns aren't shared like they're not transparent um uh, with like booking um companies management companies in the area and like that's just strange that's a strange thing in this city I've noticed and it seems like across the board to be that way here. I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, that's what happens when, you know, it's, a, it's 
a lot of gigs for like low stakes, you know, yeah. and that's what ends up happening. Mm-hmm. People just don't cover their tracks or right. You know, Even th- prior to studio time, when you're sharing a studio time with your artists or fellow bandmates or like, you know, a hired gun in the studio, like, you know, what do you do? You expect a flat rate or a percentage or you know, that what stuff's got to be communicated. Yeah, and a lot of you'd be surprised. A lot of people don't talk about it before they're going into it. Yeah, fuck no, dude. So weird. <laughs> That's, that would give me such anxiety. Right. I worked with a songwriter like a year ago. I was helping him just write some stuff or whatever. And um, I just went in and I was like, okay, um, I don't need credits on the writing or production. Just pay me a flat rate for the for my right. time. And we did that. And then I worked with him on another one where we agreed to do you know, credits on the back end. And we talked about percentages and all mm-hmm. that. And then I even told him, I was like, I'll come into the studio and help you produce it um for free because i like the song and i think it's got potential you know so he ended up not taking me up on that but everything was like very talked about ahead of time right um and contracts are important and you know all that stuff but again when when things are done at like consistently low stakes then people just don't see that we're talking about a couple hundred dollars here and there over a course of whatever people are just like okay whatever i get paid or i don't and you know at at, in bigger cities Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to know what you're worth, or it, furthermore, to create value for yourself if yeah. you don't know the value that you're actually adding to something. Yeah, you know that's why it's and then also if you want to maintain people. People get weird about talking about details and contracts because they don't want to put such a business right. strain on the on on a on a friendship. But it's like we do contracts to keep friendships. Right. You know, if we all know what the stakes are. Mm-hmm. And what the expectations are, then we can remain friends after this. Well, yeah. it's when we don't know those things where we stop becoming friends, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, um, go Jags. Yeah, go Jags. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'll do my unpopular opinion then, unless you got one already. Okay, I'll go. Let's see. I write them down, so I got lots of them. Uh, oh, you write them down? Yeah, I got like a notepad. We do these for every episode, so. Um, there's a few here that I could go with. Um, one that's been bothering me lately, though, is fucking brands and businesses have to stop with the sponsored posts on TikTok, dude. It's too much. What do you mean? Like, when you see, like, Taco Bell doing, like, a sponsored <laughs> ad on TikTok, and you're like, this feels like you're um patronizing me and i don't like it like I think the oh, content is yeah. cheesy as fuck oh, yeah. and yeah. then and yeah. then it feel like like who is watching this is you know what taco bell that's what i'm that's what i'm getting right yeah, now they're, they're shaping their ad to be like the content on the platform just yeah away from the feel too if like i mean i don't even i don't even have tiktok so i don't know what goes on on there but but that can like just if you're trying to express yourself creatively and then you have like bong yeah <laughs> Corporate. Crunch supreme yeah mountain dew blast is black <laughs> yeah. back <laughs> yeah exactly like, that yeah. yeah it's like cool way to <laughs> way to kill my vibe yeah <laughs> definitely and and exactly like what you're saying chris that it's like they're creating content for that platform specifically mm-hmm. so it feels like you're patronizing like like Ugh. like don't yeah just you we know that you're not in touch with reality let's yeah. just you're a multi-billion dollar corporation and it's not just them it's fucking target it's fucking like all these big companies like dude 
I, and and there's the, the the business person in me is like I get it you got to adapt and yeah. you have to like market and all but the it's so bad and it's so fucking patronizing is the only word that I know well, to use it's so patronizing to tag off that too like you see all these like TikTok stars that are now getting picked up by these companies and they're like making the content they would make yeah. but they're doing ads for these people this video is sponsored by pixel 8 yeah or like, they'll Dude, or, fuck you or they'll just like i've seen one where like a pin company sponsored them and so like they're making a sketch like they would do on their platform but just like keep name dropping the exact name and brand of the pin and yeah it's like, yeah i couldn't get through the day without my g2 easy glide it's just like <laughs> yeah Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> so annoying. I scroll past instantly. Oh, this video is brought to you by GoPro. Scroll. Nope. Don't want to see it anymore. Like the second I feel like you're trying to sell me something, I'm done, dude. I'm on this platform because first off, as a musician, you kind of have to be now. And then second off, it's a hilarious distraction. Yeah. I mean, like the, the, the content that people are putting on TikTok is creative and it's hilarious and I'm into it. Um, devil's advocate there are there are tiny exceptions every now and again like some local companies or smaller companies can get on there and do some really fun stuff yeah it is not the norm no yeah like like smaller brands that are doing something like yeah, cool different. because they are different. actually yeah. in touch they like know what's happening on the ground and yeah. they can play off that a little Mass bit market yeah it. yeah it's too much uh and it's getting and now like this is the first time i've been active on TikTok. i guess i had it last year too but like i'm noticing now because they're starting to actually have real market data on mm -hmm. how the on how the, the ads are working that for the holidays it's just every other video is like a oh. sponsored post from some shitty fucking company that i don't care about yeah well also like what bugs me about social media in general is like these were supposed to be platforms for somewhat ordinary people and like celebrities have just fucking taken them over. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you have TV in Hollywood. Yeah. Get out. I know. Got this is for us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Get on out of here. You're messing Whoa. with the algorithm. Well, we're Shoot. just trying to be like you guys. We, Go on, get Reese Witherspoon. Go get. <laughs> 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 Episode title, by the way. <laughs> Go on, get yeah. food. You approve? Okay, that's it. That's, that's, that's the YouTube episode. I'll add title. it to my merch idea. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, get food. <laughs> I kind of love it. I'm yeah. Not gonna lie. I'm writing it. I'm making. I gotta write it down. I, I do really it. like her. I also like her book choices. Her book. Are you? Do you she follow book her? Club. Oh, do you follow her book club on TikTok? No. Yeah. <laughs> Is it on there? I don't know. Oh. Just talking shit. I don't have TikTok. We will find out. So She's not scared. even not even to like promote Babe Honey stuff. Just the curious. What do you mean? No, you to you like to just only like if you made a Babe Honey thing and just flood it with flood Reese Witherspoon? No. TikTok. <laughs> oh, on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that, that <laughs> Reese one. Witherspoon. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon really fan trying page. to get like Reese. Uh, Reese I want, I want my algorithm to be only Reese Witherspoon and lookalikes <laughs> and fan clubs. Yeah, no, the other way around for your music. So, oh, so you think like if I, it would be beneficial for me to be on TikTok? It's almost like you play the game a little bit. It's I was just curious. interesting because I feel like there's it's a its own world, and I've been talking about this with my friend Brooke Garwood, yeah. Sunchild. Yeah. She has like a totally different fan base on TikTok than she does with the people that know her Definitely. on mm -hmm. Instagram. It's a she's like, oh no, that's only a TikTok video, you know? And I'm yeah. like, 
what does that mean? You know, because I'm out of touch because I don't have TikTok. Mm. But like, she has a completely different target on TikTok than she does on Instagram. And, and her music does very well on TikTok, apparently. And like, like it's, I don't know. I don't know. I feel maybe I'm like scared to fail well, at it or something and be like the old lady that downloads TikTok <laughs> and tries. And she and really and she really puts it in on that. And I like the, you know, her I and Millie. Uh, yeah, both of them, yeah. you know, and I don't do, you know, when I use I don't use any of that, but I do anything I'll put up on Instagram. I'll also throw up on there just to kind of cast the net a little bit wider. And I can't say that it's really done anything for me. Yeah. But, you know if it's there it's my thought is like if it's there why are you not like why not just you know throw it out and see yeah but you know there's different schools of thought on that you know some you know like we talk about it like find your one platform and really push that platform and i don't know you know yeah it's i don't it's like i don't know it makes me like it's intimidating a little bit like i have a friend brennan she's tiktok famous for like eco-conscious things and she does a brilliant job and it's the only reason why i ever downloaded tiktok was to watch her videos see what she's doing on there i'm like how are, this is paying your bills wow yeah you know and she's yeah. doing a great job at it i mean she is a tiktok person and um i think they even have like tiktok conferences and stuff yeah oh yeah big time <laughs> um but uh but yeah i don't i mean it's it's very intimidating to like you know indulge into another app and i'm like cool like another thing you know because if you're starting a project there's so many moving parts anyway so that's why i'm kind of like let me just add another thing for my to-do list on the weekly basis or whatever i definitely feel that i think that like i think that you are right though tiktok exists in its own ecosystem it can certainly feed the other things yeah but like because it's such a um younger like consumer base it's like Instagram is a younger consumer base also, but it's also like just more general too. Right. You know, cause like, and then, and then there is content that works better on TikTok that doesn't work as well on Instagram because TikTok is u- user generated content. So most people on TikTok are also creating content and then they, they want to interact with the content in some kind of way, okay, you know, yeah, so have it, they like redo the sounds. Or the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you duet stuff, you stitch stuff, mm-hmm. you can add your own sound, or you can take the sound and create your own video with it. Like, there's, it's very interactive in that way, and that's kind of how people blow up on it yeah. because they use those sounds or they, they whatever, like you just like get to reinvent. It's like another rendition of a song we all know and love, and then when somebody does a refreshing rendition of it, it just keeps it alive. Exactly. So yeah. I think that's what is happening on TikTok. And Instagram yeah. has tried to do something similar with Reels, like that you can remix the videos, but it just, it doesn't, yeah. people on Instagram don't want to be on TikTok. I That's like why the they don't photos. like. Photos, I know. Yeah, yeah, photos and like, and even doing Reels is annoying. Cause I'm like, dude, yeah. it just, the photos is fine. Yeah, right. and it's just, I mean, Facebook bought Instagram and it was just Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, and forget, forget about facebook dude i don't even have like an artist page on there i just Me use it for i don't do stuff. the fa- people are like like for different venues and stuff what's your facebook so we can link the tickets and stuff and i'm like mm. yeah oh that's so cute yeah not doing <laughs> like, it oh no 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 <laughs> stick with bands in town yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. exactly i've got a link tree yeah <laughs> yeah i can sell tickets on the platform i use no <laughs> we have a facebook event that we're posting. Oh my god! How do we tag you to our Facebook event? 
I can't wait to see all the grandmas like, in the audience. That's why I'm like, I'm like, who's coming to this? <laughs> right. It's it's funny because like if you go and there's a part of me that feels bad because you're like you don't want to like negate an entire like group of people or like alienate an entire like market of people. Yeah. But also like in bigger cities, they're not using Facebook really for that kind of stuff. It might be like an afterthought. Like we'll put up an event page just yeah. because there's people on Facebook. But like like in LA when I was there, it was like you have to there's 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 it's very much like be like active listening to vinyl where you have to actively find the information on Instagram by using mm-hmm. stories and seeing who's tagged and then trying to find those people and then be like okay this is who's going to be here and this I found the flyer now yeah you know and then you're like now you're invested because you spent a minute trying to find out details about this event right but it's like there's a there's like a there's a mechanism in place on these mm-hmm. platforms to just make it more interactive. Whereas Facebook, it's like I get like invites like a hundred times a day for something. I'm like, I'm not even thinking about this, dude. You know, and it's mostly like for fucking, you know, I don't know, like a blues event or something. Which, no offense, I love the blues, but it's fucking wrap it up. You know, got enough of them at home. God, I don't need to come to yours. Come on. Um, so anyways, that's my unpopular opinion. TikTok sponsored ads from shitty companies need to go away. Love forever uh what you got desi i don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or not or if it's even like a negative one send it i don't really know but i'm gonna send it all right everybody's a model everybody's a photographer everybody's a rock star now everybody it's social media everybody has the ability to do everything and now all these art forms are kind of like a little bit diluted yeah definitely you know 100%. what i mean it's like when Instagram really took off, you know, a little bit after like 2011, it's like everybody is a supermodel now, influencer, mm-hmm. but like as a model, mm-hmm. you know, and all of these like these people are like, like, I wouldn't say every selfie is like, I don't think it's always a vain thing, but like, especially nowadays, it's not vain. People are literally like talking to the world, you know, like mm-hmm. it's not a, I mean, sometimes it's a look at me and my lips and my Kylie Jenner lips and (laughs) stuff like that. But, um, and now everybody's, you know, making pop in their bedrooms and it's just like everybody is able to, you know, it's just, it's hard as a consumer even to just kind of like sort through all of the music now Mm. to find something really authentic and original it's it's tough now, I yeah. think, because it's so diluted and oversaturated, and just so much of everybody uploading. Yeah, yeah. and I think you know, I think that like Instagram kind of like raised the threshold of like what, um, you know, like the bottom line is, because mm-hmm. like you could use you could tell bad music by you know it just right. is. Yeah. But now that it's on Instagram and all that stuff, it's like all right, you can go on and find all this great music, but. You look, I think the the cream still rises to the top. It's just a lot harder to find, you know, like there's, like you said, it's so saturated. You can find, okay, he's good, like a good guitar player. Great. He's a great guitar player online. I see a bunch of good videos, but then you see no music released or no Mm -hmm. website or no tour dates. It's like, all right, cool. Or it's like that hot chick that Kevin was talking about, Kevin Pekin. God, I love her. You know, that was Kevin was talking about like this girl is like super hot, total bombshell, smoke show, you name it. Plays the guitar kinda. Yeah. And it's just Chris Yeah. Yeah. 
Is this uh, this could be okay? To be fair, this could be a lot of different girls. <laughs> of, oh, is there like a lot? It's, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's but not I mean, limited. She, oh, I don't know. I'm, it's not in my algorithm. It, yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> um, Let's just pick. But, we could pick. Uh, but it's yep. the one Kevin was talking about that one day. Blue to tiger. <laughs> Let's Here. let's go blue to tiger. She's yeah. like super popular. Uh, she's a bass player. Oh, my bad. Uh, like I said, there's many, so this <laughs> might not be the exact one, but they're all the same. Okay. So like, super popular played Halloween this year. Um, oh wow! Like all this kind of stuff can kind of play the bass, kind of. I would take bass gigs over her if if if. if if her statute was the same, like if we were just doing the same thing and it was a blind, you know, who's the yeah. bass player, I would take her gigs and but I'm a guitar like the player. the whole thing. I feel like people since like Krungbin has finally, finally reached mainstream, I consider them mainstream oh, now because Krungbin has been incredible their entirety yep. as in, you know, they're incredible. But now that like, people are knowing them and, and now I feel like there's this excitement of women playing the bass. Mm-hmm. It's sexy. Who doesn't want to see a chick you know, yeah. Grooving, it's also a very fun instrument. But like, I don't know. It's just like stuff like that. It's like, and then you have an artist that's like seeing somebody just like, yeah, this is a totally. Because they, they put Kevin. Kevin. Kevin was pretty butthurt about it. He's like, oh. you know, he's like, why? He's yeah. like, just don't play the guitar. And and it's like, but that's why she is where she is. She found know? a market of people that yeah, appreciate. She found a not so much that she's playing guitar, but that she's holding a guitar it's and that she's thing. also, you know. Yeah, it's the whole little. Yep. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love a band full of female instrumentalists. I mean, that would like now I'm getting away from my not so unpopular opinion to maybe another unpopular one. I'm like, can we get more women on the instruments, please? Like, mm -hmm. where are the women in the industry, dude? I'm like, when I'm forming a band, it's all dudes. I'm like, where are the chicks? I will. I'll say this, uh, not to keep harping on it, but it is something I have noticed in bigger cities. Yeah. Like when, like in L.A., there was so many female bass players, drummers. I mean, and they were all like objectively killing it. Really? I mean, yeah. these were cats, dude. Like, like they were there. They were like playing jazz, funk, R and B, gospel, and they're like, I mean crushing to the i'm like dude who are the like where do you people come from yeah, yeah. it's yeah. so it's so crazy there's a um a girl i met her name is uh Mayel. she's french she's from france and i met her at this like little this like music cabin up in the mountains in north carolina there's like this place where musicians gather and it's called snagging mountain anyways she is an incredible bassist mm. and and on top of it she's just like an actual goddess woman and doesn't even like know it kind of thing and i'm like <laughs> i'm like i wish you didn't live in france so we could be in a band yeah. <laughs> like, she's the grooviest chick and i'm like and so i'm like a little bit um i'm a little bit deprived of seeing women like that it's the same thing with surfing like growing up and it's like being the only chick in the lineup always like even sometimes in delray and then i went out to california and I'll never forget before I paddled out, and this is when I wrote Pool Party too, by the way. Oh my God, all women, all women in the lineup, all mm. gussied up, even in the water. I was like, yeah, what? I was like, this, this is what California is. Yeah. And so you're saying that I'm like, okay, so it does exist. It exists. It is out there. I'm right. just in this little bubble. Yeah. Well, you're in the southeast, and like yeah. I, and I really do think this. Like 
the southeast is historically the last to adopt anything yeah and like let's call it what it is it's a little misogynistic but like yeah. the southeast women were housemakers and like i i feel like that culture is only now starting to break in this region like yeah. of where like you, obviously you can always do what you want to do but it was such a cultural thing and it was so kind of backwards and it's i feel like that kind of stunted a lot of the artistic and creativity because even before it was you can leave the house was you can get a job yeah, yeah. and it wasn't even like chase your dreams or do anything you right. know this and that like you know it, even i don't know it's it's now like there's some friends of mine that are down here that are playing and they've gone to other cities and this and that because there's you know maybe more of a culture of like mm -hmm. the people they want to surround themselves by yeah. it's it's a shame you it's know because i've gotten my ass kicked by many a woman over the years <laughs> on the instruments and it's just like that's just it's good for the community you know what yeah. i mean so i don't know fuck the southeast it's, well, it's definitely tough i've i've had a lot of frustration around i feel like a lot of the times as a female musician and i didn't know if it was outside of the city or not or just here or what but i felt like i haven't really been taken seriously um it's hard even as like a single woman in the music industry and you're trying to like work with i can imagine people and there's like there's there's no female instrumentalists in the city that i like that are freed up and available it's yeah. mainly men and so it's like asking somebody to not saying that anybody on my current team is this way but like it's a thing it's like you give people the wrong idea when it's the opposite sex you're like hey like want to be in my band I'm like oh she's into me yeah. yeah you know what i mean especially with like we're all musicians here we can be a little egotistical mm -hmm. you know yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. so it's this frustration of like not being taken seriously and then in terms of line lineups and stuff like oh she's just gonna make like pretty little girl sounds like i feel like that's how i'm viewed but babe honey is more than that you know we make more noise than that and i feel like i keep getting these like early soft gentle sets and i'm like stop it yeah there's your streaming <laughs> numbers show otherwise you Dude, know what i mean yeah, like it's and then it's like there's you can't put like all these people with like different like poor streaming numbers no following no website and that's who i'm opening up for yeah tell me why like you know what i mean and i'm like i'm no it's probably not intentional but when i like when that stuff keeps happening i'm like i gotta get out of here like this is no place for a female lead in a band you know and maybe it's not the case but it just keeps it's a pattern i've yeah, noticed yeah I, i'll say this that um i want so when I had my band, I noticed a similar thing and not to equate like the, yeah. you know, the, the obvious, but like, um, I feel like when you're doing something like there's a lot of stuff that works everywhere mm -hmm. that doesn't work here. Yeah. It, the city is still like, yeah, it's like a genre. Yeah. yeah. It's still stuck on like, you know, Southern rock and Bad like, rock yeah, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And and when you're trying to do something new and different, especially on like the the modern social media platforms yeah. and streaming and focusing on that side of it, I just don't think that it's like rewarded here in that way. There's almost a resistance to people that do those it's things. It's interesting. Have it you does noticed feel that? Feel like a resistance, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, wait. 
I don't know. It's interesting for yeah. sure. And then people feel like, oh, well, you're doing something. You're trying to do something else. You're going for like yeah. the mainstream. You're like selling out or something. Mm-hmm. And so they want to hold on to like the people that are still like grinding out the bars and like playing the songs they've always heard. Or like maybe they've written some songs that they know and because it's the same fucking 50 people that go to see, yeah. see them. So it's just like, cool. so then those are the people that get you know platformed on the local festivals and yeah and they keep getting the same the headliner same five bands that play the same Literally songs and the it. same feeling like it's even if they write new songs it's the same feeling of but just like as uh, a consumer like does that really excite you like which i'm like i'm having a hard time understanding i want to understand it do- it, it does yeah. excite people because it's it's familiar and this yeah. is not a this is not a place I love you, Jacksonville, but we can all agree this is not a place of progress in that sense. Yeah. Right? Like It's not a place like Charleston, per se, where they want they thirst to hear new music and to yeah. experience a new artist. They're like, oh, a new thing like right. that I can cling on to and be excited about. You know, it's like... Right. And the, the, and what does work... Sorry, because I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but you're good. One, one final thought on it is like what what does work, that if it when it's new and it does work, it's because they're doing the thing that's already established right yeah. there's like a younger yeah. musician coming up that's n- just nailing the status quo then they get excited about that person right but when it's somebody that's like new and talented and doing something that they're not really like hip to yeah it's like it's like yeah i mean they're good but like i want to hear some like skinnered and you're like yeah, yeah. <sighs> and there's even there's even folks like here. in yeah. our in our like jam band scene kind of like that you know they consider themselves like real music fans and they're like oh we don't we're not in that stigma of like other bands they only go out and see their friends bands too like there there's no one's immune to it even the people that think they're live music supporters and this and that just because you go see the same five bands right. doesn't mean you're a progressive music listener you know no. what i mean like they have to accidentally stumble upon a new artist and see yeah. them by mistake to go oh wait i actually like this yeah. it's like well, this it's has been here for years you could have checked it out frustrating when we like when babe honey is sold out to ven- when it's like when it- I'm in charge of the show and I put the show on as a headliner it's sold out so that's why I'm like put other people as a headline try it out yeah, yeah. definitely because people go to the headline because that's the headliner you know in the city I feel like yeah maybe mm-hmm. I'm just like so I do like I've had very successful shows as a headliner I don't, you know, so it's also that where I'm like, it's not like I don't have a draw. Right. Yeah. And then I've been told, well, I put you earlier in the set because, because we want to bring people out earlier. And I'm like, that's not how that works. (laughs) It's like, cool. Then are you going to pay me a headlining, like, for uh, bringing all these people out? All these people out early. Am I getting paid extra? Are you going to pay me an opener, like, rate, which is barely, like, like, which is barely what the bars are paying me. Right. Right. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. So I was just like it got me in front of my computer to start wanting to book though out of so yeah. you know, it's a good thing in the end for me. It, yeah, right. It does you force know? you to like, like if you're not if you're not happy with where you're at, it forces you to right. find a place where you can you know. Yeah. So silver linings, I guess. Still I'm still stoked about this city and stuff, but it's just like there's things like that where I'm like Yeah, little grievances that we all have. Yeah, I'm know? like, damn. Yeah. And I, and also I wanna say that they're that like these are generalizations that I'm that I'm saying. I think mm. we're all kind of saying as as far as a consumer goes, there are people here that are interested in new exciting things. Um, but just as a general rule. And then that's also not necessarily indicative of closed minded people. It's just indicative of a small population of people that have, you know, been here for a long time. Yeah. Right. And there's not a lot of 
like when I was talking to a friend of mine uh, a couple years ago, um, I was like, well, Jacksonville is one of the fastest growing cities in the country. And it's like, yeah, but who's moving here? And I was like, mm. dude, you're right. It's a lot of like blue collar stuff. And yeah. it's, you know, and it's fine, but it's just in bigger cities when you're talking about populations of 10 million people, it's like you can have um, you can have 100,000 people that go and see the same five bands. That's okay. You'll have 100,000 more that will go support di a different five bands and 100,000 more yeah. will support a different five bands. And then you can have a real blossoming scene mm -hmm. which creates you know an infrastructure for upward mobility as far as funding and stuff goes so anyways it's just it's 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 hard to markets like this it just is yeah you know no it's tough but there's i think that there's ways around it and, and just hope for a little bit of evolution you know as time goes on i'd love to see something change a little bit in the next three years and a lot could yeah, yeah definitely. you know and i think that there is an uprising in bands here and musicians in general, I think there's definitely more recognition here now than there was five years ago. Oh, definitely. I think so too. Yeah. You I know, mean, I'm super excited about like the this next crop of people that I've been meeting, like like you and uh, you know Brooke and Millie uh, with Sunchild and Tori Nance is amazing yeah. too, and like you know Starcaller and like the whole crew that you've been working mm -hmm. with. Like, you know, time-wise, and, you know, my girlfriend's been alchematic with Chris. Mm -hmm. Like, it's Ooh. there's a lot of stuff happening that's, like, percolating beneath the surface, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, like, you know, also a little diversity in, in, you know, on the business side of things. We just need to put on our own shows and lineups ourselves yeah. outside of the main management team that's in the area, you know? And I think it's, like, pulling together to, like, put on a different lineup and put on a different show than that has been provided in the past couple of years where it's exactly the same yeah. you know or past three years whatever you know um we've we've done it at Vusoir where we had a different lineup that was very different compared to the lineups that have been normally yeah. um so and that was a very successful night so totally. i don't think that we'd have an issue doing that I don't know. As a community, yeah. I think that we could definitely pull together and put on something like that again. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Just different headliners. Yeah, keep it give fresh. it a chance. Yeah, keep it you alive. Know? <laughs> yeah, because those time slots matter, you know. Yeah. And it's not like other bands can't headline in this city. Like yeah. that, people people know them. You know, they yeah. just haven't had headline sets often. Right. Sometimes yeah. I don't know. Try putting those headliners on the bring people out slot and then maybe people will come out and then they'll see yeah. these cool new headliners. Yeah. What a fucking thought. You know what I mean? <laughs> Guys, yeah. I did it. I solved yeah. the freaking problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That does work. That works. Well, that's what they're telling you works, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I mean, it definitely like the flipping it. Yeah. yeah. I agree with I wanna, that. I want to see it. Yeah. I want to see it too. We can do it. It's not hard. You just book a date. We add people to the lineup. Yeah. We stick with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no flakers. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you cancel for a Jags game, we're going to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On that note, Daddy, thank you for being with us today. This was a thank lot of you. fun. Yeah, yeah. This is awesome. Yeah, I love you guys. Yeah, uh, likewise. Yeah, same, same. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for watching and hanging out with us. And uh, where can they find your music and all your social media stuff? All music platforms, uh, website and Instagram is Babe Honey Music. And yeah, I'm on all music platforms as well. And there are two singles out. Thank You Dean was just dropped recently. And I'm excited to share some more with you in the next coming months. 
Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks again, and uh, enjoy the enjoy the episode. Rewatch the episode. So used to doing these introductions. Anyways, peace out. <laughs> <laughs>